This week on Out Now with Ernay, we are talking Ant-Man and the Wasp. The beloved characters. It's a really good pairing with B-Movie. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a sm- mostly slower free review, then jump back to other fun movie topics. This is episode 330 Three th- Wow, I-, I like this number. I like where we're going here. I can't wait to get to 333. That's, that's soon. One of the best palindromes. <laughs> that's the, what, what would 333 be? That'll be, I think that'll be that's, Christopher the Robin? Of the, semi, the son of the semi-Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, the halfling. <laughs> so next is that and that. And... I think it's going to be... Uh, I, think it's, I think it's Christopher Robin. I think that's 333. Oh, that's perfect. So we can do drugs. <laughs> um, regardless, episode 330, we are talking Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's the perfect sequel. Eh? There's no colon involved. It just you can do, it just flows. I, I, I'm really happy about that too. Yeah, actually, it's, it's nice. It takes a load off of us podcast hosts that have to read titles out loud. Well, the ones that we actually pay attention to, to proper grammar. We always pay attention. That's a that's a yeah. motto of our podcast. That's correct. It's period. Like, it's like have fun and make sure to pronounce proper grammar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, joining us tonight to talk Ant Man and the Lost, we have from OldMagicGaming.com, the Nothing's Odd podcast, and the all new Gray Council podcast. It's Mister Jim Dietz. I'm all full of truth serum, and I'm ready to go. Also joining us from Why So Blue and the writer producer of the upcoming film Kill All Men. He's back from the quantum realm, and it will never be the same. It's Jordan Grout. What's up? Guys, get it? It's like from that beloved commercial. What's up? Remember? Oh, yeah. I'm just rolling up my window right now. You can't see it. <laughs> Jim, Jordan, how are you both doing tonight? Even better now. Great. Doing quite well. Good. Good to have you both on. Jim, it's been a minute since you've been on the, the, podcast, the podcast proper. I know. I've been doing a lot of commentary, so I've been missing out on the, uh, the wonderment that is Abe uh, when Aww. I do join you, so... Uh, but Jim, yeah, I'm just going to give you a big hug here. Oh, uh, well, I'm back at you, pal. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on uh, actual, you know, the, the home podcast in a while, the, the main episode. So it's great to be back. Yeah, for sure. And we're excited. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah always welcome. Talk about a comic book movie with you. Seems pretty fitting. And, uh, well, good to have Jordan back as well. It's been a, been a, been a little while since you've been on. It's, uh, the, um, uh, the summer gamble. Yeah. The summer gamble episode. And I'm I, failing on. And you, you missed our Lost in Space commentary, which you were very excited to be a part of. <laughs> I, I was so excited. <laughs> and I, I missed it. I missed it. Well, let's um let's get to some let's get to some show notes stuff before we get underway with the rest of the show. Uh first up, let's just start out with it. iTunes reason ratings. It's good to get those. It helps out our show, helps other people helps other people find our show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for it now there in our name, you can do just that. And you can land on our page and you can give us a star rating, which would be awesome. You can even write us a little written review, that'd be even better. Yeah, thank you very much. I would love to read a written review. We haven't had one in, I'd say, like six months. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Good to get a we'll new have review. one for next week, I guarantee. Oh, okay. whoa. 
Oh, the, the clairvoyant there. The grout guarantee. I like that. That's that's good. Oh, alliteration. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Um, Jordan, you mentioned the Summer Gamble, which you are a part of. This is, of course, the annual uh, summer uh, summer bet that we all make between each other. Abe and I, along with many uh, frequent guests of the show, where we predict what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films at the domestic box office. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with this. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp debuted this weekend. Another big contender on a lot of our lists. Uh, to $76 million, um, which is a, a good chunk higher than the first Ant-Man. Um, and certainly positioned itself for a, a good uh, final landing as far as uh, where it's going to end up. So another uh, another nice addition. Uh, but I as... think I put it higher on the gamble. Like, it, despite it being a larger opening weekend, mm-hmm. I, I want it to be even higher. So I'm losing on that end. Yeah, I think you have it higher than others do. I think most of us have it in like the six or seven slot. Yeah. And I think you might have it like at five or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> oof. We'll see. Well, you never know. Hey, you never yeah, know. Yeah, we got some time. Yeah, yeah, there's some time for sure. Uh, speaking of lofty picks, Alan Aguilera, friend of the show, also has the first purge, I believe, in the top ten, and which debuted to 17 million this weekend, um, which is about right for a purge movie. 31 overall, it opened on Wednesday uh, last week. So, you know, it's making its money. It could be a good dark horse contender. We'll, we'll see. Mm. But uh, those dark horses. Yeah, well, you know. I I didn't get those. I think I put um uh, that action point or action park as as my dark horse. <laughs> that that oh man, you never know. It could have blown up. That's could have. That's not even in the top thirty-seven they have listed here. I'm looking, uh, and I'll note some movies that are still in the top thirty-seven. Black Panther, which opened in February. Um, <laughs> Gotti, which no one's seeing. Um, let's see, A Quiet Place. And uh, what else? Um, show dogs. So I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think action points. Not and that's the top thirty-seven, Abe. I mean, it's not like it's not. It's yeah, not I chose a good one. Yeah, like I say, sure. Put it all on the Meg. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's getting new bonkers overseas. It's one of my, it's one of my dark know, horses. <laughs> here uh let's see commentary track we do a commentary we talked about the commentaries already we do a commentary every month on this podcast because you the listeners really enjoy listening to them and uh, this month we're going to be talking mission imp- sorry mission colon impossible i was gonna say yeah <laughs> yeah the first mission impossible film from 1996 the mm-hmm. first cruise wagner production um so yeah that that is going to be their commentary for this month uh, which should be a lot of fun i know brandon will be involved for sure scott will probably be on there hopefully a might make it to a commentary that's a and who knows we might even get emilio estevez i don't know what he's up to these like days the mighty ducks guy i swear to god but yeah we'll uh we'll see if we can uh we'll see if we can, we can get a variety of guests onto our mission wait Impossible is the commentary. new mighty ducks movie called i swear to god <laughs> yes yeah yeah mighty ducks d4 i swear to god <laughs> yeah <laughs> D four. We're not making this one up. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let me. Let's see what else I can plug here real quick before we start moving. Oh, this is the thing. Uh, a friend of the show, Jay Cluett, he hosts the Lambcast. Uh, which uh, across the pond uh, across the pond yeah he's over he's over in england and um every now and then we get to have him on this show basically a biannual visit as it seems um uh, but every now and then i like to guest on his uh his show as well which i did recently i meant to say something last week i forgot to but i wrote it down this week so i wouldn't forget um i was on his uh the oceans remake a palooza uh, episode where they talked about all of the oceans films including the 1960 original and the most recent oceans 8 um so yeah we walked to talk about five films total it was a lot of fun uh talking with those guys about all the oceans films so you can uh, check that out that's the lamb cast um good fun that jay has over there uh, doing a variety of different shows 
And uh, let's see, last thing I want to mention before we kind of move into the main show here, um, very related to what we're talking about since we're talking about a comic book movie today, uh, Steve Ditko uh, passed away. R.I.P. Yeah, uh, f- famed, uh, you know, like a comic creator. Jim, you want to you want to talk a bit about Steve Ditko? I'm sure you have plenty of knowledge you can. Yeah, sure. About. I mean, he created. He was a co-creator with Stan Lee of Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, uh, most of the you know memorable uh, members of Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery, uh, including Doctor Octopus, Mysterio, Electro, the Rhino, uh, pretty much all the all the um, you know villains we've seen in the films. Uh, he also created uh, for DC the Creeper, Hawk and Dove, and uh, the Question and Captain Adam and Blue Beetle, who later got adapted into the Watchmen. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, they have Dick, Dick Cody DNA in them as well. So he's been kind of a recluse since uh, um, you know he left uh, the mainstream comics um, you know company or companies. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know he's really I mean he's a real innovator. He came up with a lot, obviously a lot of great and enduring characters. Yeah, no, it was uh, certainly yeah highly influential. Uh, you know, comic artist, uh, but that was a, that was something I, I saw. I was like, oh, that's 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 a notable loss in the kind of comic community as far as like the the Mount Rushmore of uh, iconic comic creators. Uh, even though that I think Mount the Mount Rushmore of that kind of area has a lot more than just four faces on it, but certainly you know one of the one of one of the high one of the high high uh, high marks for uh, this kind of you know area of entertainment. Uh, he will he will be missed. Uh, There's a very there is a very interesting documentary about him called In Search of Steve Ditko. Uh, it's probably streaming if you want to search that out to learn a little bit more about the man. Oh, very cool. I, I'm going to look for that actually. See if that is streaming. Uh, but yeah, all right. Just wanted to throw that out there before we kind of move into things. But let's uh, let's do it, guys. Let's get to um, let's get to know everybody. We each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. Know everybody. <laughs> I like that. It's good ish um all right i have a question for you guys <laughs> I have why a did you qualify it <laughs> i have a question for you guys uh would it be more convenient for you to be very big or very small uh it seems like very small and the reason why is because in this movie they talk about how much he had to sleep after growing super big and i was like oh wow knocked out for like three days and that's a lot of time yeah but being a giant it's i feel like it's it's not as dangerous if you're you're like Tom Thumb. You have to be sure you're avoiding everything. Yeah, but I mean, just on, on the purely on the biological side, being a giant would be very problematic. I mean, having to eat that much food, having to uh, you know expel that much. Yeah, uh, but waste. I mean, I mean, if you're if you have to survive in a state of being very big, you're big enough where it just doesn't. You could you could find food. You could you could frighten people to give you food. You're this big giant. You just better feed me, or I'll eat you. That kind of. How tall are you guys thinking as as giant size? <laughs> like the BFG. Oh no, I, I just meant like Billy Crystal, my giant. You know, like like set like <laughs> you know like like eight two. Just really tall. <laughs> yeah, just really you know not not overwhelmingly tall. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Oh well, that changes things then. That's me. You can you can be as big as you want to. BFG size is like three stories, which is like you know, he's pretty big, he's thirty feet. I... That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant too. That but, was um, that was my joke answer. Again, you can be as big as you want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, small. I'm thinking you, like you, you know, guys. You guys don't. Whatever you think of giants, you guys don't always think of the character from My Giant, the movie with Billy Crystal. <laughs> I usually think of Andre the Giant, to be honest. Yes, even he. You know, he's what was he like seven two that's something? Huge yeah. hands though. Huge hands. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm already six five. I'd, I like to try being small and changing. Yeah. Jim, let's I mean, switch to Okay, I, I, I'd be down with that. I wouldn't have to hit my head on anything. Just reverse, just reverse your height. That's what I am. 
I um, if I was a giant, though, I'd do the best Galactus cosplay ever. <laughs> sh- kind of show up at Comic Con. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a cool uniform. <laughs> uh, I've got a question for you guys. Hold on, hold on. Our Andre the Giant was seven four, and um, the character my giant was played by uh, George Murison. Uh, he, he was he was much he was tall as well. <laughs> he was uh, seven seven seven. That's how big he was. That's pretty. Oh, that's geez. pretty. Yeah. That's pretty tall. How tall See, was the guy playing Predator? How how tall was what? Who played Predator? Oh, what's his name? Um, I think he was only seven two. He's right? got three names. That's, that's why I'm like, why, why can I? Oh, uh, Kevin Peter Hall. Um, he was seven two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He wow. had to be. He had to be mobile too. Like that was like he wasn't like a hulking giant. He just had to be like mobile and all of this. Yeah. Like, that was his thing. He's, he's a pretty limber dude. He was also Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Just saying. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I've got a question for you guys. Are you a fan of Pez? I, yeah, yeah. I, I like Pez. The toys, yes. The candy, no. Yeah, I'm in Jim's boat. I don't like the candy. I think it tastes. The toys weird. are cool, though. Yeah, it tastes like toothpaste. It, the, just, the toys are cool. Yeah, it's, it's not even like chocolate. And I love Smarties, but I don't like Pez. Well, Smarties have like a yeah, they're Smarties. They got like an after, they got like a smart, like a like a like a bit of a bite to them. Or, <laughs> I was like, they've got a smart. But they're a sour. They're a, they're they're a sour Pez that will get delivered that kind of bite at the long sour, sour Pez. Yeah, of course. Huh. I'm mean, gonna have to go seek that one out, but I'm just not a fan of Pez. I don't know I, what it is. I'm more curious if you've had Pez that if you've just had like stale Pez, because Pez gets stale. That's the thing. I've had fresh Pez. Have you? Have <laughs> you though? How do you know they're fresh? Yeah, right, right yeah. From I've, the I've tree. had like you know all like, the <laughs> orange, strawberry, and whatever else you know. I'm like I'm just I'm not a fan of the of that candy. All right. Yeah. I mean I, I I can't remember the last time I've had Pez, but yeah. I mean I don't dislike Pez, but at the same time it's like. I don't. I don't need to like reload my candy. Like that's really not really. I don't need much candy <laughs> these days to begin with. But I don't. The the process I have of eating candy doesn't generally involve. Let me go to the store to buy refills so I can place it into the like container, the that I have like this week as opposed to whatever next week's container is going to be for my candy. Well, that's uh, that certainly is somebody's uh, collection somewhere who's listening to us. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's a streaming documentary on Netflix that like has like all the Pez's. He like lives next yeah. to the guy that owns like all the pop toys, and they're just like, "Hey, guy, what's up? Nothing much. Just got a new Pez." Like, "Oh yeah, I just got a new pop toy." And they high five and go back inside their houses. Why would they high five each other? I feel like they'd be recluses. <laughs> well, their houses are neighboring and they're very close. Literally right next to each other. Yeah, the door. Yeah, it's one of the. It's it's one of those like. <laughs> it's one of those Mick neighborhoods where like all the houses are exactly the same and they're like very close units <laughs> It'd be together. It's funny if they just see each other through the kitchen window and they just wave at each other from time to time. Well, their wives may both make different kinds of pies and so they trade pies every now and then. They're married too? Yes, of course. Is this a screenplay or something? <laughs> yeah. <what's> <laughs> it's Why the do pl- they have a better social life than I do. It's the plot of pop, Kill All pop, Men. Pop, pop, pop <laughs> <pens>. <laughs> anyway, that was a good question. It was. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, did you, I'm sorry. Did you ask that question and now, and now yeah. you just you just credited your own question being a good question? My own question is what I did. <laughs> you just said you sent you your own question. That was a good question. That's it's like when you high five yourself. Job well yeah. done. You gotta have confidence. Exactly. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't encourage him. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's get to our poll question. Yes. Uh, all right. Each week on the on the podcast, we do a poll uh, where we put two movies against each other in a death match. Um, the idea is that voting for one saves that film, but the film you do not vote for sentences that film to being erased from existence. 
um, as in history changes because you vote, you've not voted for this film. Um, and so this week we did a, a, a tiny edition. Um, I had Ants, the DreamWorks animated film, versus Joe Johnston's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, so before we get to the listeners' results, let's ask you guys, uh, what would you choose between these two to save? Which would you choose to save in this scenario? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Who cares about Ants? <laughs> I think that movie is obnoxious. I'm also in that same boat. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I'm trying to think of how history would be affected by the lack of one of these movies. I don't think it is. I I, I forgot I, all about Ants until I saw the polls. So. I really like Ants. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Ants. I think it yeah, is it's, a it's, really it's solid It's not a bad film. movie, but you know, you think about the 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 what happens afterward to all the actors, nothing really amazing, but also like, you know, well, who's the studio that created Ants? DreamWorks. I for, was it DreamWorks? Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe Dreamworks doesn't it, go on to create. It was it was one of their it was one of their because it came out the same year as a Bug's Life. As a Bug's Life, yeah. yeah. And it was one it was like their big premiere. Like, hey, we can do you know animation stuff too. Like they they already had like some of the hand drawn things going. It was like, look at our CG. Not, there's not just Toy Story in town, guys. Got Woody Allen, Dream '90s heartthrob exactly. Woody exactly Allen. The kids were, were clamoring for Woody Allen. Woody, we got Woody <laughs> Allen and Sharon <laughs> and Sharon Stone together. Neurotic ants, yeah. <laughs> And it's like we have. If you don't have ants, wouldn't they have just jumped over to like Prince of Egypt or something? Like, wouldn't that have been their first film? And that was a hit, wasn't it? Prince of Egypt was a hit, but I mean, like Shrek was like the big like look at DreamWorks, look at the look at the animation they're doing, like all the stuff. Like, yeah, that's, but that's, a couple years later in two thousand. Prince of Egypt. What? And it's a couple years later in two thousand. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. And like before they had. Then. Well, they had the ha- and they had the hand drawn stuff that they had the Prince of Egypt, like we said, they had Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh, and of oh, course, and of, and of course, the Road to El Dorado, which was like oh, I, I believe I believe it was like a flop, if I'm not mistaken. Um, despite all the Elton John songs, um, Heidi, I shrunk the kids. You got Joe Johnston. It's his first film, I think, if I'm not mistaken, his first directorial feature. I think I have that right. Like, if he doesn't do that, then maybe we don't get the Rocketeer. We don't get Jumanji, so like that that bridge is saved. Um, <laughs> but um, October Sky. The first Captain America, which we love, we do. I suppose yes. Honey, I the kids is probably the logical choice in this scenario. Yeah, like I don't know what your answer is, but it sounds like a hundred percent of us are, are saving saving Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Man. I just like th- I don't tend to think I don't tend to think about them until we do the podcast, so we can have these discussions. Yeah, I just th- I just think of the poll and then th- <laughs> and then throw it into the wild like a crazy person. It- if anything, I should not I should not look at the votes either, so I don't know until we finally do this. So I, might start, I might start doing I'm I'm never biased to be what do I care? What one's winning this um regardless, honey I speak of ants again. Honey I shot the kid yes, honey I shot the kids did win. Uh twenty four percent to seventy six percent. Uh so yeah. it, it got crushed. Oh. For a movie about shrinking, one of them got crushed. <laughs> um it's, it's all it's also, you know, the first uh, you know, Rick Moranis led comedy where he's by himself and wasn't you know part of it team or duo that's or that's very true yeah that's a good point and then you know i definitely need I, i'm a big fan of little giant so I, I needed him to be there with ed o'neill yeah when people look at rick moranis they're like man sctv suck compared to little giants that's that's the <laughs> that's that's the thing people are constantly saying <laughs> <laughs> rick moranis we love you come on the show little shop of boars that's what we say when we're talking about little giants <laughs> <laughs> that's enough puns out of you but yeah, um, so yes, that means that Ants is now erased from existence. Um, so I'll be adding it to Good. our list of movies. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll add it to our, our list of movies <laughs> that we can no longer speak of ever on this podcast. And I make sure to shun all the guests that don't realize this. Um, so, so just to, just to keep that in mind, I'd have to, I very, I try very hard to keep track of these movies, by the way. I do, I, I am listening to what we're referencing when we talk about movies on this podcast. So, but, um, yeah. All right. That's the pull. And that's how you play. No, no everybody. That's good. All right. Let's move on to Atna Quickies. Tim. Each week I'm Alec Mobile, we talk about the week I love Atna Quickies. Trademark. I was happy with that. Oh. Good. I was happy. I was happy with that a lot. You're going to slow that down in post? Or... No, we faded it. No, we actually speed it up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we faded it, we yeah. speed it up, exactly. You better go uh, okay. 100 times faster. Yeah. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I haven't seen any other movies. I caught up with a new season of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, which I've been texting you about, and uh, it's as fun and insightful and delightful as uh, the other seasons. So check it out if you have time. Yeah, I've watched three so far. I watched Mulaney because obviously we're big John Mulaney fans on this podcast. Is great. Yep. Uh, I watched the Dave Chappelle episode. That one's good. And uh, what was the third one I watched? Tracy Morgan? No, it wasn't Tracy Morgan. Uh, it was one of the later ones. I'll think of it. Anyway. Okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, how about you, Jim? Jim, what, what, what else have you seen recently? I, w- I watched The First Purge, which I wasn't really thrilled about. It's like, yes, I get your message. Please stop hitting me over the head with it. <laughs> did you did you watch it because a friend of the show, Daryl Taylor's recommendation? I did. He, was, he gave it a five star recommendation, and I watched it, and I was just like, <laughs> five stars. I, yes, I know. I, I I literally shook my head, not just the SMH. <laughs> no, have you been I literally with the series? Did. Have you been with? The I'm series? not a I'm not a huge fan of the premise, so okay. I'm not a big fan of the series overall. But I, he he spoke so highly of it, I had to check it out. So I grabbed my movie pass and went down, and uh, wasn't all that impressed. Like uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, it had a few decent action sequences in it, um, but uh, overall, it just was. I mean, like I was like, "Wow, really subtle with your message, guys. Thanks." You know, <laughs> I uh, Brian, please, stop, please stop hitting me in the head with it. You know, uh, Brian Regan is the other episode I watched, Dave. Oh yes, okay, yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Brian Regan's a really funny guy. Yes, um, I also I, saw. Oh, wait, wait, let's, I, let's, let's, keep, let's keep talking about the purge for a second because I, I saw the purge too. I want to tell you okay. it, it's one of mine. Also, it's I because I agree with you. I'm not huge on this series. I think Abe, you know that. Um, and I, well, saw, I think you said that the first one kind of had some interesting ideas, but I, well, I think the premise. I, I disagree a little bit on with Jim there. I, I think the premise is inherently interesting. It's just they don't. Do, I have so many questions <laughs> every time they yeah, do this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like. like Everyone leans on the well. We can murder now, yay! And it's like, all right, that's. But like, how does this purge work? Where, like, if you're like a neighbor and like you like robbed your neighbor, and then like the next day is like, oh, you robbed me last night when it was legal. Guess I gotta wait for you next year. <laughs> like, how does this work? I don't. I don't know how this. Yeah. Or like, wait, are you talking about the guy who collects pops and also Pez? They rob each other. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a further wrinkle in the plot line. They're oh, they're wow. the they're in the purge. Really they're they're in the purge universe. That's that's the other thing about concept. this. Yeah, <laughs> or like, do you can you like do like embezzling schemes like it, like for a day like get a whole bunch of money and then you just have all the money after that? Like, I don't understand how this world works. Yeah, yeah. I think really that, good questions. Yes. Yeah, I think that's why I have a problem with the premise is what the things you are saying. I just I have so many questions and they don't address any of them. You know, just yeah, like, it just goes straight to murder. You know, it yeah, and so it's, so many other crimes. I mean, I would stand out in the, the corner and just jaywalk back and forth incessantly. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Share the tags off all my mattresses, you know, just, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and post it on Instagram. <laughs> right? I, I will say this. I th- now, 
No, I didn't. I didn't like this movie. I think it. It. it, it so it's a pre. This one's a prequel. This is. It's obviously it's the first purge. So it goes into where the purge came from, and it's like now, like the last one of the purge election year, which was my favorite one, mainly because it was the one where I just stopped having questions. It just was like, all right, let's just go. Let's just go with this and see what happens. And I had That's not the Frank Grillo one, is it? That the two of them are the Frank Grillo. The second one and the third one are Frank Grillo's. Uh, which helps too, because I liked Anna. Like the first one, the the first entry with uh, Ethan Hawke, I hated. I thought that was one of the worst movies of the year. The second one, even though I still didn't like it all that much, it was a the the, the amount of quality change was certainly high. Um, and then the third one, yeah, it was like again not too much of a change, but at least I was happier to like not question things and just go with it. But that one came at like right. That came. It's called Purge Election Year, and it happens before the actual election of that year. And that movie's way more optimistic than things ended up being, which is fitting. And so now you have this movie, which is way angrier, um, fittingly so. Uh, and like you're saying, Jim, that's the issue. Like, it th- it throws everything all in your face, and that's not inherently bad. It's just, it's not all that exciting when you're not doing much with this premise beyond retreading what you've already explored before. And mm-hmm. not really, I mean, I mean we just had this... Abe and I had this issue with Solo as far as, like, answering questions you weren't necessarily asking. The first purge right. kind of answers a lot of questions I didn't ask, but leaves a lot of others open still as far as yeah. how this thing works. And it's like, okay, that that's all you're doing with did this? It rem- <laughs> did it remind you of almost like a Cinemax version of Attack the Block in some parts? See, that, that was, that's what I tweeted, too, as far as, like, if you want to watch a better movie about, like, black... Yeah, I'd black, go watch Attack the Block. If you want to watch a better, movie, yeah, me too. A, a better movie about black people rising against some weird, like, foreign concept, yeah, watch Attack the Block. It even ends with yeah. fireworks, so it's a better Fourth of July movie. Jim, if, um, if you were to counter that five-star review, what would you give it? Probably a two. Like I said, it had a few decent action sequences, but... Overall, I just was not impressed. You know, like I said, I understand the message it's going for because I couldn't help it because, like I said, they kept hitting me with a cinder block with the message written on it as I watched the movie. Yeah, so, but you know, Daryl was totally enamored with it and uh, you know basically ordered me to watch it. So he defend loved, yourself, Daryl. He was a fan of the character Dimitri, who's played by uh, Yolan Noel, who's uh, he's like he's on Insecure among other things, and he like they make him into like this John McClane type towards the end it's like well he does his right. job but like that's not the whole i mean so that's that's 10 minutes of a 90 minute movie as far as how good this guy can be in, in action sequences so it's like all right good on you but whatever like, it's fine you're like you're like oh it's a good thing all those drug dealers had all those guns <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like what <laughs> what yeah what because the drug dealers save the day um yeah it's i don't know duly noted what else right. what else have you seen joe Oh, I saw Dave built a maze, or Dave made a maze. Uh, James Urbaniak is in it. Uh, it's like a, an indie film about a guy who builds a cardboard maze. It's bigger on the inside than the outside. It was a little, it was okay. It was a little precious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a little too too uh, up its own butt uh, indie type thing. <laughs> um, and the funny part is that James Urbaniak plays a documentarian in the movie is trying to make fun of the exact same directing choices that the guy who's actually directing the movie is making. So it was just a little too meta, but I don't know. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of a little too this into sounds, itself. It sounds yeah. like a watered-down uh, Synecdoche, New York. Yeah, yeah, or, or like uh, um, somebody saw uh, Inside John Malkovich on one too many times. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Decided yeah. to go with that. Char- yeah. Charlie Kaufman light is basically what we're saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very much so. Mm. All right. 
I like James Urbaniak, though. He is uh, Dr. Venture, among other things. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Totally. He's, he's great in most things. That's why when I saw him in it. I was like, oh, I'm going to give this movie a chance. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Jordan, how about you? What have you seen recently? I had never seen The Virgin Spring, so I bought it on Criterion. Um, mm. Barnes & Noble. And it's amazing. It's, uh, of course, very religious because it's Bergman. And it's almost like more religious than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and halfway through, I thought, Jesus, sometimes I feel I'm at church right now. Uh, they just go on and on and on uh, about theology. But it's so amazing. It's, uh, I, I, I feel like I need to see it again because uh, there's so much uh, to, I, to, I guess, unpack. Uh, so probably next week I'll watch it again. And wait, wait, wait. it's I'm, it's all three of you guys have watched everything I've watched this weekend because I also watched The Virgin Spring. I got that movie to review <laughs> on Blu-ray. <laughs> I'll be reviewing the Criterion Blu-ray for for uh, for Wise the Blue, and so I watched The Virgin Spring this week. And I agree with you; it's very good. I was fascinated by this movie. Max von Sydow, who's always been old apparently, because uh, this is 1960, and he's like a father in this yeah. movie. He, he, it's so good, and there's so many. I mean. I was talking about this with my lovely girlfriend, um, but ver- like when you think of Bergman films, I think a lot of people have this misconception. That it's like, well, it's Swedish and black and white. It's probably be too heady and long and not you know fun to watch. It's like this movie's ninety minutes and it moves. Like it's such a greatly yeah. made movie that doesn't like leave you like behind as far as what it's trying to do. It's very. It has a lot of ideas going on, but it's certainly watchable. Like it's not the it's the oh yeah. Like compared to like I don't know a Tarkovsky film, which I also still enjoy, but those are three hour <laughs> Russian films that are very you know have a lot of other things going on. They're not exactly the easiest things to like put on. And be like oh this isn't a fun Saturday afternoon. Bergman's films they they're good. They're so like they're they're very watchable. They're highly watchable. Um, and certainly oh, yeah. one's not to sleep on. But yeah, I I agree with you, Jordan. Virgin Spring is it's really good. <laughs> and that the the last scene, the last five minutes. Were, mm-hmm. Uh, Boncito is just talking to the sky. It's so heartbreaking. It is so sad. Uh, uh, but so deep. Like, he says so much. Again, that I feel I need to watch it again and think about and I want to discuss it with people. But unfortunately, a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, but it, it's... And not only that, it's just beautiful looking. Oh, like, it is, visually, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Uh, there's a great, there's a great, there's a, well, there's a, there's a great shot of, um, of, uh, Van, of, of Max Van Sydow where he, it's like a shot of a tree, you know what I'm talking about, and, like, he's yeah. trying to basically just take down this tree, and it's just this sustained sequence of him, like, rocking this tree back and forth, and it's just really, like, fat, it's just like, this is such a great shot that, like, Bergman probably just did yeah. on a day, he's like, hey, just take that that tree, and I'll film it, and, like, it becomes this kind of, like, iconic-looking scene from a movie, it's it's just, it's, yeah. it's a lot of great stuff in there, but yeah, okay. And he conveys so many emotions mm-hmm. with just one look. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I watched... Uh, Last House on the Left, because <laughs> I wanted to to compare them. I hadn't seen Last House on the Left since so, 2003. So for those, for those that aren't aware, Last House on the Left is a, a very loose remake. Wes Craven's first film is a very loose remake of Virgin Spring. Virgin Spring very being a, a, an adaptation of like an old uh, uh, poem. Um, so there's, there's a lot of layers to, to, to this story that we're being yeah. told. Yeah. Um, geez, Last House on the Left is so trashy. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, like I said, I hadn't seen it since I was like a senior in high school, uh, and I remember it being trashy, but not this trashy. Rewatching it, oh my god, I it's it's tough to watch. It, I, it's a brutal film. 
It is. It is. Like, I, I, I almost regret buying it. Because uh, I bought the new Arrow limited edition. Uh, the three-disc ultimate, ultimate Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and watching, I was like, oh, did I just, like, throw away $25 here? <laughs> like, jeez. Maybe I should have just watched it on YouTube or something. Um, and it's, it's not a good movie. It's not. <laughs> and, and I understand people's love for the movie. Rewatching it now, like I appreciate its its like influence. Uh, it's just not good for me. Uh, I'll probably never watch it again in five <laughs> years. I'll probably sell it to like Amoeba. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, those are the two films I watched. Okay. Um. All right. I've uh. Well, we co- we covered a lot of things I watched, so I don't have to talk as much. But I watched uh, Leave No Trace. Um, this is the follow-up film from Deborah Granick, who directed Winter's Bone, like, almost like eight, like eight years ago. Um, this film stars uh, Ben Foster, my favorite over-actor, and uh, Thomas and Mackenzie as a, a father and daughter. She's 13 years old. They're living in a, a, a kind of a, a park in Oregon, like a, an isolated area, um, kind of off the grid. Uh, ben Foster's character, he's... He he's come back from 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 war. He has some form of PTSD, and he just he's just out of it. Like he he's a good he's he he knows how to live, but he just doesn't want to have anything to do with life. And so he's been raising his daughter uh, this way as well. As far as living out in the wilderness, they go into town every now and then to kind of trade for certain goods or whatnot. Um, the inevitable happens where they're caught, um, and so they the movie has them kind of seeing what it's like for them to attempt to make a living and. Uh, a real society to some degree, some extent, and then it kind of goes from there. Uh, this movie's very good. Um, it's very good in the way it's like understated, which is a wonderful thing for me to say about Ben Foster because if there's something he really knows how to do, it's overact in a way that I tend to like. Uh, but here he's very kind of disconnected in a way that mm. I think works for the character. I mean, the key performance is the the uh, the uh, the young woman, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, who. Um, plays his daughter uh, she's very good as well and she's obviously more kind of outwardly expressive um so she has a lot to do and it follows kind of her arc in this story even though they're together for most of the uh, most of the film but it's just really well made um it's very worth watching if you can find it i know it's spread to a few theaters so far um but yeah leave no trace very good movie um certainly certainly recommended and um uh, what was the last thing i was going to mention um it was oh because so i watched so because i watched the virgin spring i'm like what, what other criterion can i just grab off the shelf right now since i got some new criterions from this barnes and noble sale that's happening and so i grabbed a man escaped uh, a robert brisson film a prison escape film uh which is fantastic uh, it is very abe you know i like to talk about process when it comes to movies like really scott films how he shows like all the details of how things happen and whatnot yeah, uh, this is a very, this movie. Robert Brisson films in general are all about process, and this is very much one about that. Where it's about this French pilot who's been who's put into a German prison during World War II, and it shows all the details he goes through to make his way to escape from this prison, and it's wonderful. It is another really good movie. Very tense, very suspenseful as far as all the things he has to do to both make this plan work and not get caught, and then actually go through with the plan. Um, 
it's it's another great movie. Uh, basically, guys, <laughs> let's stop sleeping on these movies that are not made like before like 1970. Like, there's so many good things out there, <laughs> and, and there's just two of them, and they're like they're watchable, they're quick paced. Like, there shouldn't be a reason to be like, no, I don't want to watch. Like, these are just great movies. <laughs> so there, that's what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, we we we'll get to our superhero blockbuster in a minute. Uh, let's um, <laughs> that was out of quickies. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to trailer talk. We're talking about one of the news movie trailers of the week. What we thought of it when it's coming out. What have you? And uh, we're finally we're finally back to doing one trailer a week, Gabe. Since we've been talking a bunch of trailers. Uh, I mean, we're, and we're still not caught up. We're still not caught up, but we can we can tone it down a bit after like the the, the you know the trailer purge of June. Uh, we can uh, we can get back to <laughs> talking one at a time. This week we're going to talk first man. Um, this is the upcoming film from direct, sorry, from Academy Award winning director Damien Chazelle, um, starring Ryan Gosling once again as uh, Neil Armstrong, and the film follows him um, in his journey to be basically the first man on the moon. Spoilers for First Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the film uh, goes over, I guess, this specific part of his life. It co-stars a number of people: Claire Foy. Corey Stahl, friend of the show Kyle Chandler, Jason Clark, Shea Wiggum, lots and lots of people. Um, I am aware that they shot some of this film with IMAX cameras, which certainly intrigues me. Um, but what about you guys? Let's start with Jordan. What do you think of the trailer for First I'm Man? Not, I'm not that excited for it. Uh, I didn't like La La Land. Um, and I was lukewarm on Whiplash. So watching this trailer did nothing for me. I I'll, I'll see it looks visually beautiful but i'm not a fan of the director um so i i i don't have a lot to say about about the trailer i'm sorry i'm just just not excited about it right fair enough you shouldn't be sorry it's always gonna get your opinion who have done the same thing better and why should i watch this i could just go watch that movie so Mm -hmm. apollo uh, 18 yeah i'll see it probably once and probably I, I, I hope i'm a fan i mean i never walked into a movie ho- like hoping to hate it um so if this is the movie that turns me around on the director great uh but just on my past experiences with his films eh, i'm on the fence not not too excited all right jim how about you i i'm kind of I, I taking a page from jordan i watched this trailer and i'm like you know it's been a while since i've seen the right stuff I should probably get my DVD out of that and watch it. Um, it just exactly. seemed like you know, well-traveled uh, stuff, like well, well-worn subject that we've seen done by better directors many, many times before. Um, I mean, I'm a kind of a NASA nerd, so I might check it out when it's on, uh, you know, Netflix or streaming or something or VOD. But and I like Claire Foy a lot, but uh, I don't think I'm going to uh, be, you know, hitting the theater for this one. It just, you know, it just again, I saw the trailer and it reminded me of other better films that you know covered roughly the same ground so abe how about you this is this is uh, an interesting case of uh i'm interested because of the subject matter like what jim is saying I, i'm a big fan of nasa and the documentaries but also movies about space um and this one is interesting because i don't know how to feel about it what i mean by that is everything that the jim and jordan said his is true you know there are movies that you've seen like apollo 13 
I was joking with Apollo 18, which is a bad movie, but... Oh, uh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, but Apollo 13 is tremendous in, in the human emotion and as well as some of these space exploration stuff. Um, so I'm curious what they're going to do here. I hope that Claire Foy has a, a significant role instead of just worried wife um, kind of getting mad at, at, at NASA kind of thing. Um, but I... I don't know. The shot that really kind of made me interested and intrigued was when he's when the elevator opens and he's like, you know, 700 feet in the air and it's it's shaking like crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that would the winds would be really, really strong up there. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, Chazelle has made good movies. And I, I uh, while I, I like La La Land more than Jordan, I don't think it's a, uh, you know, a, a perfect movie. But um, just one in your top I'm, 10 I'm, list from that year. Yeah, but it's still like you know, <laughs> I still have issues with it. It's not. This is where you have to come down on the movie that you really loved at the time. Land <laughs> was good for the chances that it took for sure, and I, there's, I, I definitely like it. And I enjoy it, but it, it still has issues. I mean, it's the same way that a lot of movies do. But yeah, I, I, I'm on the fence with it, but I'm I'm more positive. I'll say this first off: if I had to be questionable every time there was a movie about space coming out, I wouldn't get great movies about space. It's like, oh, I'm not going to see Apollo 13 because the right stuff came out 15 years before that. Like, <laughs> First Man's coming out what over 20 years after Apollo 13? I think I'm okay seeing another space movie, guys. I'm not too concerned about the idea. I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking a shit on the movie. I'm just saying that. Hey, it, what, I'm talking now. In this trailer, <laughs> what am I seeing in the trailer that is you know significantly different? Can I talk now? Is that is that cool? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not going to be concerned about the subject matter of a movie where, I mean, yeah, I know the story. I know the story in general because it's just history. But that's not my. That's not going to turn me off. Yeah, I want to see a movie about Neil Armstrong. I haven't seen a movie specifically about Neil Armstrong before, beyond documentaries. That sounds like a good idea. What backs that? Well, I have a lot of good actors to look, you know, forward to seeing in this, in this movie. Uh, and Damien Chazelle, in my eyes, has been a really great director. I'm a huge fan of Whiplash. I'm a huge fan of La La Land. I can talk about things I don't like about those movies, or I can just highlight the fact that I did love those movies. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I think Damien Chazelle is a very exciting director. I think he has a lot of unique visual ideas for what he wants to accomplish with his films, seen in both of them so far. And if he wants to do something like this for a movie that's set during this time, I'm all for that. I would say this trailer specifically is not the most exciting trailer. I can agree with that. I, I think the yeah. trailer shows a pretty generic kind of like, hey, this is a story about this guy. And yeah, and that's kind of what I expect for a movie that's not as opposed to being a lower budget or indie movie like the, you know, these previous films are. This is, you know, this is a universal production with IMAX cameras involved and what have you. Right. I'm not the biggest fan of the trailer as far as what it's trying to show me from that perspective. But out of context shots you know, sometimes don't, you know, match what a director's trying to do. And I think, I, I expect there to be a lot of interesting visuals going on with a movie from Damien Chazelle, where he's given IMAX cameras to work with and the, he, the very concept he has to go with. Well, in addition to that, story's written by Josh Singer, who wrote Spotlight. So, like, right there, again, Spotlight. I have plenty of reason to just be excited all the way through. I am a huge fan of just NASA-type stories. I, I really love, I mean, I mentioned Apollo 13 the right stuff. Those are two of my favorite movies. I love those movies. Yeah. So more of this, sure. I'm, I'm all for that. That's, that's but that's exactly, that's exactly how I feel, too. This trailer's not giving me anything. You know, you're right that Shazella does some interesting things with his camera work, but this trailer is just not that interesting. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> that yeah, that's where I'm coming down on it. I mean, you say that, but you started out by like trashing this movie that you did like. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm coming I at. Trash you. La La Land. I said that there, it's not a perfect movie. Whoever says it's a perfect movie, who starts out, who comes out of the theater, is like, oh yeah, that was that was good. It wasn't perfect. I didn't have it winning the best picture. 
I, I didn't choose it to win an Academy Award for, for Academy Award for Best Picture. That's not what I chose. Yeah, but you don't I, you don't vote in the Academy. You do make top it ten lists. Number one for me. <laughs> it's, it's it's a good movie. It wasn't number one. I, I'm just saying you're swinging out the gate with a negative, even though it's a movie you do like. Uh, anyway, all right. It's not. I'm just agree to disagree. What, what am I saying that's wrong? If it wasn't like on your top ten list, that wouldn't make any difference. But like, it is a movie that you did really like. <laughs> I didn't. I, I acknowledge that I liked it. <laughs> it's got problems, and it's not the. It's not my favorite movie, but it's a good movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I wish we were in the same room so I could see that. Like, I'm not mad. <laughs> but I don't but know why you're to see specifically it. like. Oh well, I said La La Land wasn't perfect. It's like, well, it was in your top ten. It's like, who cares? <laughs> I'm just thinking if you if we're gonna keep this going, then we're gonna edit out. I'm not editing any of this. I'm editing this week. I'm just not a topic that is uh, it's not an incredible looking trailer, is is I think what we're all falling on. I get yeah, I get that. You just that's not how you started. You didn't mention the trailer at all, really. You talked you started talking about how you didn't like La La Land. Uh, all right. <laughs> Bone pick. <laughs> So Noah's looking forward to this movie. <laughs> That's kind right? of what it sounds like. That's what I'm getting from this conversation. I'm looking forward to the movie. I don't think it's a great trailer. Yeah. Um, let's see. First Man Arrives in Theater is uh, October 12th. So that's when it's uh, hitting the screens in theaters on IMAX. Um, all right. Let's move on right now. September Halloween. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect Halloween movie. I think that's a week. I think that's a week later. So, by the way, the Halloween Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. And now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. She seems more intense. You go low, I'll go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? We're gonna die. I don't wanna die. We didn't die! Hey, what'd I miss? We were just tiny! 
That should have been some of the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp. 2015 gave us Ant-Man, the MCU film that followed the second Avengers epic. It was deemed as fun and good enough for a film that had to deal with a lot of behind-the-scenes troubles given Edgar Wright's departure. Now it's 2018, and we have another Ant-Man film following a- another Avengers epic. This time it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, which returns the entire cast, led by Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, along with director Peyton Reed. The film takes place over a short amount of time, as there's a ticking clock in the form of Scott Lang's time under house arrest. Uh following his illegal superheroing in Germany. Uh, during the small amount of time, he'll be joining Hope Van Dyne and Hank Pym once again to rescue the lost Janet Van Dyne from the quantum realm, assuming others don't get in the way. Let's start with uh, Jim. What, where were you on uh, on, on on the first Ant-Man briefly? And then uh, talk, what did you think of this film? Well, I enjoyed the first Ant-Man. I think I enjoyed it more than most people, just because it was uh, kind of a, a different tack for Marvel. It was more of a heist film than like a superhero origin tale or whatever. And I generally, I generally like Paul Rudd uh, when he's used, you know, properly or whatever. Um, as far as this movie, I, I there were a few like story things that kind of bothered me. And I know we don't go into spoilers on this show, so I won't go too deep into that. But other than that, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fun. I, I like the lightness of it i like the tone after you know the heaviness of uh you know uh the serious and heaviness of uh, black panther and infinity war it's nice to have like a lighter tone in a marvel film um i like the performances in it a lot uh i the only thing i've really ever seen eventually lillian was uh, the hurt locker because i never watched lost and uh i thought i thought uh, she she was uh, a great like uh I know she was in the first movie, but I'm glad she was in this a lot more. I'm glad they brought Michael Pena back because his uh, his comic relief is outstanding as always. I thought they kind of squandered. I thought they kind of squandered Walton Goggins. Um, he's been used so much better in other things as a really like threatening villain, and this he's kind of you know the the second uh, great villain. And it's cool to see uh, Hannah John Kamen in a movie uh, after you know, enjoying her on Killjoys. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I really enjoyed her role in this. All as you know, limited as it was. So overall, I liked it though. Yeah, between this and Ready Player One, she's having quite the year as a uh, random villain showing up and things. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Jordan, you loved Ant Man, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I, I, I still love it. Uh, I think it holds up. Um, three years later, uh, it's just an absolute blast. It's so funny and. Uh, I think I gave it five out of five dog heads. You did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And and a lot of people questioned that, but I think it, it accomplishes everything it sets out to do. Um, it wants to be a comedic heist film. And I think it does it perfectly. Um, it's, it's despite the weak villain, you know, it's incredibly entertaining and incredibly uh, charming. And so what'd you think of the sequel? So, uh, you know, I, I always read when Marvel films come out, people always seem to give it labels, right? Like Thor Ragnarok, people are saying, like, this is the funniest movie, or Black Panther, I read a bunch of people saying, this is the most dramatic, or Infinity War, the most cosmic. I read a few people, which is weird. But I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is, <laughs> if you permit me to give it a label, the, the most charming Marvel film, even more so than the first one. Uh, and it's so optimistic in a way that that is so rare to, to see in a, in, in, in a movie. Uh, and everyone's so fond of each other. Like, <laughs> whether it's Bobby Cannavale as like the, the new husband, and he's always sort of like on Scott's side and even participates in like the family group hug or <laughs> Randall Park. That's like the, 
agent in charge of keeping Scott under house arrest. But he, they're, they're always like very chummy with with each other. Like even there's one point in the film I think they have an exchange uh, about like go like hanging out and getting dinner. Like once his sentence mm-hmm. is over. Um, and I loved how the film sort of avoids forced drama that so many films just throw into their films. Uh, whether it's Hank uh, getting angry at, at uh, Scott for helping the Avengers, that's like that's, that's about a minute of screen time, if that. Like, they get over it, and the film just moves on. Uh, they appreciate each other. Uh, it's, I'd say, maybe, like, the lightest Marvel movie. It's certainly, like, the lightest PG-13 movie I've seen in a long time. Like, mm-hmm. Re- thinking about it, I'm like, why is it even rated PG-13 for like, maybe like language? I, I I don't I can't remember barely any violence. Um, and sure, like the stakes aren't impressive, aren't aren't as big, I guess, as Avengers: Infinity War. But I mean, that doesn't mean they're any less thrilling. Uh, you know, you have a character Ghost who's motivated not really by ego or the need, the need to prove herself, but by the desire to live. <laughs> like she's gonna die in like two weeks, I think. Uh, and once again, speaking of like forced drama, the film never really has her do anything that's too vicious. Uh, like at one moment she suggests like harming, I think Scott's daughter, but another character says, you know, don't do that or I won't help you uh, any longer. And she doesn't, Like <laughs> she listens and she has respect and it's sort of refreshing. Like it's so rare uh, in this genre for a villain like to sort of realize that a course of action may be a bit too much and they step back. Um, I feel like if the film suffers narratively, uh, it's because it's almost overstuffed. There's almost too much going on. Uh, and it never is able to explore one narrative strand, which results in a lot of exposition. Uh, like we're told that Ghost is in a lot of pain. But we never really like see it. And I think that would have been exciting to see like her struggle with it, like her pain. But we never we kind of see it, but not really. Uh, and there's just a lot of exposition, especially uh, in the beginning. Uh, but with all those pieces, like yeah, that ticking clock that you mentioned, the race to rescue uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. And as Jim said, like Walton Goggins is thrown in. Uh, who doesn't really do much? He's just sort of there. And I feel like they should have just made him more prominent or taken that character out completely because it takes away, it detracts from everything else that's going on. And every time he's on screen, it it, it pulled me out. Uh, uh, and uh, I think the Grey's effect is Michelle Pfeiffer. She looks like the same. You see the flashbacks at the beginning of the film and then you see Pfeiffer later on. She looks like like she hasn't aged a day uh, almost. Uh, so while I think it's not as uh, good as the first Ant Man, mainly because I said it's overstuffed, I still loved it, and it's something that I didn't laugh out loud, but I smiled throughout, uh, and I would absolutely mm. watch it many many times in the future. All right, Abe, how about you? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is a hoot. I think that there's a lot of really, really funny sequences in this movie. Um, I think that the physical comedy done by Paul Rudd is is 
makes me laugh all the time. Uh, he's got a few things with uh, magic tricks as well as eating with a spoon. Um, and as far as like the movie goes, it's uh, I think it, it pretty much can't stand alone. I, the thing I really appreciate about it was its use of color, um, probably because of Quantum Realm. But this is one of those movies where I was thinking back to a lot of the Marvel stuff, and it's probably one of the most colorful in uh, – in, I guess in conjunction with stuff like Gardens of the Galaxy, where they also have this color palette that might be neon and whatever else. But I was a big fan of that. Um, I'm glad that they had the trio of T.I., the guy from Dark Knight, and uh, and Michael Pena back. But uh, I'm glad that they kind of chose to focus a little bit more just on Michael Pena. I, I know that uh, it can be a little bit tough because, like what you guys were all saying, there's actually a lot of, there's a flood of characters in this movie. David uh, Dasmalchian of... is the uh, Kurt. The other, Thank the you, other Kurt. Yeah, who brings up Baba Yaga, which just made me think of John Wick. Exactly. But um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I'm glad that they they brought Mike, Michael Pena because like much like what Jim was saying, he's he's a good sense of comic relief, but also he bounces off very well with a lot of the other characters, especially uh, Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd. Wow, Doctor Pym, like like who would have thought that once again in your hour of need that that you would turn to us, you know? Not me. Hmm. Help yourself. And what's up with the fancy pastry? We gotta keep the food budget down. Well, what are we supposed to have for breakfast? The oatmeal packets. Oatmeal packets. It's insult. Why is it insult? Because it tastes like sand. You know why? It's because it's organic. No, That's it's why. not organic, it's sand. It's you the most important meal of the can, day. You know what? You can get creative it with it. Break teeth. I'll put a little brown sugar on it. You can put some cinnamon, put a little honey. You, you, guys, guys, no, guys, you guys, 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 come on, man. We got bigger fish to fry. Is that my desk? Yeah. What? Why do I have such a small desk? Well, because you weren't there when we were choosing desks. You snooze, you lose. Well, I was under house arrest. Yeah. You know what? This isn't even a desk. This is garbage. You found this outside amongst garbage. I got it at a rummage sale. So you save money on my desk? Guys! Hope, please. We need to focus, all right? We got to find that lab already. Jeez. Some of the things that I didn't like about it were that they, you know, the script is nothing amazing. Yeah, there were laughs, and I laughed out loud at some of the parts, but... You know, there's nothing, there's nothing, it's inconsequential, which is perfectly fine, you know what I mean? There's, it's not as though it needed to be extra heavy-handed because of the events of Infinity War, or it needed to be ultra, you know, original or goofy, um, but it, it's nothing that is uh, outstanding or stellar. Um, I do have a problem with, like, the villains, it seems as though there's, Marvel's kind of going back to the weak villain thing, which is, for a movie like this, I can forgive it, uh, that's mostly because, you know, it's it seems like a more lighthearted movie anyway but um i will say though that while while walton goggins might not be a, a great villain on the screen he's much better here than what he was given in tomb raider and what he had to do there which i appreciated um but yeah sure i mean walton goggins kind of going over the top is is a walton goggins that i love seeing um the character of ava and ghost is it's okay i think that there was actually some stuff there that i would have liked to perceive or to have seen a little bit more of but uh, much like what Jordan said, the special effects on Marvel is killing it with like these young face-looking guys. Um, Michael Douglas again looks great. Michelle Pfeiffer looks great, um, and so kudos to them on that. But let me say yeah, let me whole... say one thing about that before because sure. I don't think we'll get back to it. But because they, they they do look good as far as yeah, that's what they looked like in the '80s. But when they yes, go yeah, to yeah. when they go to Lawrence Fishburne, 
that's where the that's that's the tell immediately in this because Lawrence because we all know what Lawrence Fishburne looked like. He was yeah. skinny. He's a skinny guy, but you can't you can't change that with this technology. Right. So he's still this big bulky guy with the young face of Lawrence Fishburne. So I'm like, oh, that you lost me. You lost me on convincing me that this is working mean, as well. I was, uh, I was really bummed out that they didn't use uh, Boys in the Hood Lawrence Fishburne. Well, they they like basically did, except he has Lawrence Fishburne's yeah. body now. So it's like. Yeah, exactly. He's so like he's like whiter Lawrence Fishburne yeah. with his young face. And I'm like, yeah, because Lawrence Fishburne was a good looking guy back in the day. He's he's not bad now, but he's like way like you know I he's, he's a good looking guy. I, I, I laughed at first when I laughed at first when they showed his yeah, face. I'm looked- like, that's the haircut he has in Boys in the Hood. But then they show the rest of it's like, yep, that's the body he has in 2018. So it's like oh, they couldn't right. they couldn't change everything. I guess. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, think about how he looked in in King of New York. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, exactly. And, and, yeah. and, uh, sp- spidery, and and now you know, kind of, I get, totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, they cut away from like his his uh, full on appearance, like really quick. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they oh, try to hide it. Yeah. They, yeah, they do it very. Briefly. I will say this is better because I think the the first time I was like the first one that did this, and everybody was like, "What, Michael Douglas? What's happening?" Like, this looks great, and he yeah, looked great. And they that, did but... it with Kurt Russell in, in uh, Guardians. Yeah, but I was like he looks great too. They did, but they did it yeah. with they did it with Robert Downey in Civil War, and it didn't look great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it didn't look great because I I think that we all kind of know what you know. It, it looked a little bit off, but um, yeah. But so on the whole, I I, I enjoyed this movie. I laughed a lot. Uh, the audience was laughing too. Uh, but again, the knocks that it has are just kind of just more regular Marvel Cinematic Universe knocks like uh so it, it's nothing uh nothing egregious but at the same time like you know it is what it is and I will say that the the mid credit singer a lot of people and I uh were were kind of uh kind of shocked so it, uh, but for the whole uh it's very lighthearted fun quick paced movie Without giving away things about mid-credit stingers, I'll just oh, say fuck. I completely called what it was going to be. Now it's not. Ex- it, I did. I did. I did it in like off-air on this podcast. We were talking, and I said like exactly what I think would happen at the end of Ant-Man. Yeah. And I'll say, fair. It's not the most unpredictable thing if you kind of think about where think what kind of thing would they need to happen. But at the same sure. time, I was like, yeah, that's, that's that's the way to do it. I suppose they add another element that I did like. But that's, you know, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, this movie, I agree with you, Abe. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It does exactly what it needs to. It's this kind of, and like what Jim, you said as well, it's not as, you know, there's, it doesn't have like, you know, things going on that are devastating in the same way that Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War do. It has more of a, more of a laid back approach to how to make one of these movies. And because of that, I think it's, it just, it does what it needs to as far as, Hey, let's have another one of these and just make it a little softer before we kind of prep up for things getting epic again with Captain Marvel next year, followed by Avengers 4, The Search for More Avengers. Uh, so it's, I assume that's the title. Um, so this one is just, it's just fun. It's just a really enjoyable movie. I, to that extent, um, I like Ant-Man, but I think I, as opposed to Jordan, I think this is a bigger, better sequel in the way that works for me. It's as opposed to just repeating what the first one did, but bigger. This one, does more stuff with the kind of central gimmick, which is a character that can shrink and what have you, and has more fun with that, while also just being a better film in general. I think that comes down to not having the weight of, you know, Edgar Wright's version of this movie versus Peyton Reed's version of this movie. It's just a movie, you know, made from the ground up right away. Um, you know, there's not, you know, 10 plus years of work going into this behind it. It's just, okay, we're making a sequel, we did it. And, yeah, it works for that reason. I think all the... The things you noted as far as what makes it lesser than other Marvel movies are certainly true. 
I would argue about the villain stuff where I don't think this movie really has villains. Um, it has mm. antagonists, but I think it doesn't have like a villain in the same way that like Thor has a villain. I think okay. it has, I think it has just more characters on different sides of things and sure they hold guns but like you said this is basically a pg movie i'm like i'm never worried about somebody getting shot like this is not it's not really something i'm concerned with if michael douglas is going to be okay um i you know cory stoll's not here to like step on some executive this time around it's just like a lot of goofy guys running around (laughs) with buildings and what have you and it and that and to that extent i liked the kind of the tone that it had one of the issues i had of ant-man is that it like it's trying to be a heist movie but it just kind of feels like an origin story to me it never really hits the kind of the marks of a heist movie beyond they eventually steal something this movie is like a big chase movie in the realm of like like an elmore leonard story which emphasizes the lack of like villains it's more of just like antagonists and so you have like a group of differing characters that come around causing trouble in the way that like that would happen to like get shorty where like there's a bunch of different plot strands going on and it's like oh i gotta appease this guy while appeasing this guy but watch out for this guy that's a lot of what's happening in this movie where you have you know you have you have ghost on one side you have walton goggins on another side and you and even you have uh hope and, and hank being mad at scott and he's just like i gotta do the, and randall park also being there as a foil so it's like I, randall park's great in this by the way Am- among the yeah. many people that are hilarious i forgot to shout him out in among the many people that are hilarious in this movie he's fantastic yeah Uh, but like so it's a lot of like scott like having to go here here and here and the way that like fits for a chase movie like 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 midnight run for example where you got like a lot of like like there's this like central comedy happening while like joe pants is over here and uh what's his name um uh, um he died uh, Dennis Farina's on one side. Like, there's just a lot of different people all over the place, and he's like, "All right, we gotta, we gotta keep things moving." And that's what this movie does. It, it, there's, it's under two hours. It moves. Like, there's no time to like sit back because this movie doesn't like really stop. The only major gripe I had was that there's a lot of talk about quantum things, which the movie rightfully jokes about. But it's like, I don't need to know the science on how things shrink or grow or get even smaller. It's like, just no. tell, just say quantum, and I'm done. Like, I'm good. But this movie spends so much time with that. That I like lose out on things that you guys are mentioning, like more on more on Ghost, more more Walton Goggins' time to make his kind of character more worthwhile, just like more character stuff essentially. Which you know, there's plenty of it fine as far as the you know the 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 bar that this movie's trying to clear. But I like that stuff. I like knowing these people more than seeing. Fantastic Voyage, Michael Douglas doing things like there's there's not there's, there's not a there's not much there's not much something a friend of the show Yancey pointed out there's like there's not much wonder in seeing somebody explore the quantum realm in the way there was in the first film, which is a shame sure. because that's an interesting thing to look at. But it's like I could take less of this and more time just spent with like seeing these other characters just be funny with each other or developing right. themselves more. But that said, yeah. this movie has a lot of people being funny in it. Michael Pena is just like a gift in this movie. Like he's so he's 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 amazing. It, he's amazing in the way where it's like this is what like Oscars supporting actors should be nominated for because it's like it's enough. Like if you break it down, it's not a role. But Michael Pena makes it amazing in the way he's delivering like a bunch of exposition, which he really is. That's really what he's doing. But he makes it so much fun. Everything he does in this movie just turns gold every time he talks about it. It's great. And along with him and and. T- who's also somehow really funny and david does like they're they're really funny and then you team them up with walton goggins and his group and it's like let's see this netflix series where's this i want to watch this now like this is so entertaining just seeing these guys just hanging out like that's a ton of fun i love i love his recaps 
where uh-huh. he like you know and would you know they had like actually him and Paul Rudd mouthing the way he described yes. what he was saying mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like oh my heart is broken bro you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious and Evangeline Lilly too it was great that uh, they, they yeah. voiced or basically voiced over for both of those guys at one point I like the other they yeah. have they have to act those scenes knowing that there's gonna be that happening so they have like <laughs> they have to, like overact their enunciation of things and it's hilarious like it's such a clever thing they do that they did in the first one they bring it back here and it's great. Uh, but no, I had a lot of it's a it's a fun summer movie. That's exactly what this is, and that's what it needs to kind of be. I like that, much like almost like the Thor movies. It's like Ant Man's just kind of this not necessarily throwaway, but it's certainly like a a franchise that where the the stakes don't matter nearly as much as the you know the the like the more um, <laughs> it's more of a monster of the week episode as opposed to a serialized you know this is a bigger part of the Thanos saga going on. This is just like no, oh, this is just like a fun fun ride with Paul Rudd seeing what he's doing. Yeah, it's 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 a plot. But also, and of course they, also they his, mentioned like his, his house arrest stuff, but that's uh, inconsequential. Also, yeah, it is. But that's a, the the him and his daughter. That stuff's great at the beginning of this she movie. Is yeah. that's, adorable. That's so that much fun that they're fun. having. Oh my yeah. god, it's it's yeah. So that's their their opening sequence and then riding down a slide. That's awesome. That's a great house. <laughs> yeah, I uh, love how she sees the giant ant and like knows exactly what's going on. So when like Agent Wu comes up the stairs, like she knows exactly how to distract him. That's such an amazing, funny moment in the film. Well, yeah. What what works like in this in the in like how you get movies like this where a superhero is choosing to be a superhero at the expense of his family sometimes, or like you can't do this, you got to care for the daughter. The daughter's into it. The daughter's like, go save people, Dad. Like that's what you need to do, and that makes yeah. that makes this more fun. It makes it more fun to not have a character being weighed down by personal responsibility. Not that personal yeah. responsibility is a bad thing, but the side the responsible side of him is on the side of him being a superhero, which is good. That makes that makes the movie like you want there to be action because action's a good thing in this case, as opposed to like like. Like if there was a problem with Spider-Man last year, it's like he was causing a ton of damage around New York. It was like it wasn't the best for him to be Spider-Man at times. This movie's like, no, he's he really to ruined his bodega. He did. he did. He did. He's the, he's the <laughs> cause of the reason he's not going to get five dollars sandwiches anymore. That was part of Francis Scott Mendelson's complaint. He was like, JJ JJ Jonah Jameson was right. Spider-Man is a menace in this movie. <laughs> like, but the, but no, this is just this is just a ton of fun. Paul Rudd's a blast. I also want to just mention briefly that um, uh, it was very sweet. When when uh, they're having the Paul Rudd and his daughter having the heart heart, and she's like, "I was hoping that you were going to talk. I was going to be your partner." And I was like, "Oh, that was a, that was yeah. a nice little line there." Um, I also it's, forgot it's to mention nice that. Foreshadowing. So, shout out to Berkeley, and uh, that was that was great to see. I was really geeking out. Yeah, those, Ber- those nice. Berkeley scenes were really boring. Anyway, Jim, go on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's a nice shout out to that character in the comics too. Cassie Lang actually has. A whole like storyline of her own in the comics that kind of spins out from what the character in the movie is saying. I don't know if they're gonna you know follow that down the road with the MCU, but it was nice as a comic reader to just kind of see that paid you know paid some attention to. Does she become right. Larva Girl? She becomes a hero called Stature, who is able to uh, become small or large with the same kind of technology. Oh, mine's kind of carrying on her father's work. So. Mine's way better. Larva Girl. That's that's a great superhero name. Larva, Larva <laughs> she could team team up with Squirrel Girl. Sure. There you see. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Writes itself. He <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? Um, I really like the. Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about the you know the central thing about Ant Man that he grows and gets and, and gets small. They do a lot of that in this movie, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> what's cool about it is that uh, they continue with the you know it's not just him shrinking right now, right? Because we saw him grow in in uh, Civil, War. Civil War, 
And it's just cool that they they acknowledge it right from the get go. There's like, no, yeah, you can grow now. Yeah, they they have a lot, and they and so Scott's suits like kind of messed up this time, and so it's kind of like getting odd proportions at times, which they have a lot of fun with. There's like a scene, oh, in, scene in the school. The scene in the school is yeah, pretty yeah, hilarious. Pretty funny, yeah. One of the best. Yeah. Some laugh out loud moments there. Uh, I have a question for you guys about um uh what should I call it? Uh, Aaron, you talked about it kind of being self-contained. Did you guys like that it was just all contained in the Bay Area? It was literally like San Francisco, Mere Woods, and, and Berkeley. Was, yeah, this is kind of just based off the, based off the car chase at the end. This is the MCU's bullet. Like that's what's going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I like that. It's. Really? I mean, that's that's all of them though. They're all pretty. Like you know, Thor saves New Mexico in the first movie. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> like some small some two street town in New Mexico is what he saves. Well, so they also like, go to Asgard. They also go to Asgard. That's fair. But I mean, yeah, no, I like that. It's. I like that Ant Man's confined to one location. It, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say Black Panther was like world-spanning, kind of like a James Bond movie. You know, uh, Infinity War obviously is on a cosmic scale or whatever. To have it, you know, be a smaller scale movie and you know, a different flavor and everything like that, I think is is really great and it really worked in its favor. Yeah. It, it made me think, okay, in Infinity War, you have the that big alien ship show up in New York. And I was waiting for somebody to respond to that, because I, I'd read that it took place the same time that Infinity War was going on. I was looking for someone to to, to mention like this big alien spaceship that that just happened to show up in, in New York. Uh, it's I, I I wish they would have at least kind of mentioned it because I feel like that is worldwide. An alien spaceship shows up in a major city, everyone's going to be talking about it. It's going to be somewhere. Um, but I, I mean, I think the movies, I mean, when it's set is like a bit of a, the, I think the mid credit stinger gives us a bit of a hint of when the rest of this movie is kind of set, because I think it's before things um, take place. But also, if we look at Infinity's, t- oh, this is such a, if we look at Infinity War's timeline, <laughs> not much time passes in that movie. Like, it happens in like a day. Like, it doesn't really, like, 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 like a 12, like a 12 hour period, it seems. Like, based is on- it a day? Pretty but Infinity War. Infinity pretty very quick. It doesn't yeah. like. There's not much time for it. Like the second uh, what Hulk falls to Earth, it's like they're moving. Like you know, action happens. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was like like three or four days. I, I mean, yeah, at, at, at still, most. Very short period. At, but what? I, yeah, what I'm saying is like it's not like it's not like a week passes. Like in Age of Ultron, it's like they have time to like hang out in Hawkeye's ranch for like six months or whatever. Like this, I'm kidding, but I mean the movie, like, a, a lot more time passes. It's an extended period of time. But it seems like a, a lot of wood. Yeah. Just split some wood, yeah. No, no, but I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, and that's obviously you're nitpicking. I know that too. It's like that'd be fun, I guess. And maybe who knows? Maybe there is some Easter egg we just missed as far as like a news, like a t, a random TV that says sure. like spaceship arrives in New York or something. Uh, have already happened for years before. No, 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 no. The Infinity War, New York thing. Where, oh, like, the Infinity. Where, I where, see, where, I where, see. where okay. the fan, where the fan, where the fan bros come down and attack yeah, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Right. Fan bros. Yeah, the fan bros. That's what I call both uh, uh, Star Wars toxic fanboys and uh, Ebony Ma and his friends. Um, <laughs> okay. Fan bros. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a question for Jim um, and maybe uh, everybody else too, but um, what's the role of, of Ghost, Ava? Like, is that explored further in the comics? Or um, is, is, there, is there like a, an interesting twist that's going to be revealed later? There's a uh, there's a character in the Silver Age called the Red Ghost, and they, they re, kind of re, um, like repurposed her as a new a newer character. Um, but she's 
in this she's in a lot in the comics she's more of a um like a industrial spy mm-hmm. okay and in the, and she's definitely uh cast a little bit different in the, in this uh, she's mostly a like an iron man foe you know okay they they hinted that in the in her backstory as far as she do, she was doing like special assignments for shield like they they, they talk right. about it. so it's like there's always I guess there's room to explore this if they go forward with more ghost stories, I assume. Right. I yeah. Well, I mean, she first appeared in the 80s, and then um, she kind of you know, was a supervillain back then, kind of a throwback, or kind of a, like, a, not an homage, but like, a, you know, like the next generation of the Red Ghost, which was, you know, a communist uh, evil guy from ah, the 60s. Okay. You know, very, very stereotyped. But uh, she's been cast as more of an anti-hero uh, uh, lately. And uh, this is how she, you know, is more in this. And then in follow up is wait, 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 wait. I, yeah, I, yeah. I thought because I think that there's there's interesting potential for things like that where they t- like because we know that Michael Douglas or Hank and Janet that they were doing like spy stuff in the you know the seventies eighties right before mm-hmm. she got sucked to the quantum realm. There's a, I mean, if we're not going to do like full on like uh, de aging effects for both of them for an entire movie because. People aren't going to see Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer in a Marvel movie for <laughs> to just them. There's room to do like I don't know, like some kind of animated spinoff or something where they're voicing the characters and you're seeing like them like do spy missions or something like that. Which I think you can see that with like Ghost, if like I don't know with Disney streaming service or whatever, they can create like fun like bonus adventures yeah. like that. Given yeah. the sure amount of backstory, like because I say I say this because the I know Man and Wasp adventures. Yeah, from the like the past. Yeah. I say this because I know the Captain Marvel movie. Sam Jackson's in it, and he's going to be de-aged the entire movie because it's set in the nineties. So it's like Ooh. I'm curious what kind of future steps they're going to be taking if they keep working with like that's going to be a big test, right? If they're using it not just for like a five minute you know prologue, but like an entire movie. An entire like movie. that's right. that's that's something to do. That's something to see. Two eyes. Yeah, two two I Nick Fury exactly. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they've already spun off a cartoon from Guardians of the Galaxy that does pretty well for them. So I mean, I yeah. guess it's possible. Right. My son loves that cartoon, by the way. He's a big fan of the movies too. But glad to hear it. Uh, so the follow-up in that was: uh, Is there more to Bill Foster, uh, or is that just literally like a side character? Well, now? Bill Foster was originally in the '70s known as Black Goliath. Back when all superheroes of color had to have the word "black" in their name, uh-huh. uh, Black Lightning, Black Falcon, Black Panther, etc. Uh, and he was an associate of Hank Pym's back then, and then became Giant Man. And his character was ah. killed off in, in uh, Civil War. Okay. Uh, but during the eighties, he took the took the giant man moniker. Um, but okay. the, the big civil war crossover, he was killed uh, then. So the, there's so, a lot of fun Easter eggs in this, then. Oh yeah, totally. There are a lot of great shout outs to Marvel continuity all through this. Okay, cool. Any other thoughts on Ant Man and the Wasp? Do we okay? Do we like the? I mean, we've talked much about Ant Man and the Wasp, but do we like seeing Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly having? Especially Evangeline Lilly, since she's you know promoted yeah, I, I to co-lead say, like, in this movie. Jim mentioned it more of an Evangeline Lilly uh, expansion of the role and the character. I was glad to see that, um, especially yeah. just her kicking ass. Um, but also, you know, she's got a really nice uh, touching moment with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer too. By the way, Michelle Pfeiffer, like what Jordan was saying, yeah, she looks really good. I know that there might be like some makeup there, but still, at the same time, like really good. So. Kudos. She makes a also, big, big, big impact for only being in the movie, like, what, five minutes, maybe? Or yeah, I was going to ask you guys, what did you guys think of the emotional oomph of this movie? Did you guys feel it, or was it kind of just something that you guys think was just written there, or did it come kind of like a, as a nice surprise? It kind of just fits with the theme of Ant-Man, does it? 
I, mean, I think on page, yeah. it's it's not well written, mm-hmm. but the actors sell the hell out of it. And I agree yeah. with the actors. Mm-hmm. Selling it. Yeah. That's a good assessment. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, yeah, I think it's a movie where the, um, I don't know, the, 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 the kind of, the emotional factors of these movies are reliant on family. And if you can buy into that, you can buy into what's happening here. It's... I think because we're with these movies specifically, we're so used to getting more of a, I don't know, really hitting you over the head with what matters. And this is so slight as far as its presentation that it maybe doesn't feel as strong, perhaps. But I think think it works for what it's doing. Like if you I think if you know how to gauge your settings for what to expect with the Ant-Man movie versus the Avengers movie, I think you're going to get the kind of emotional impact you're expecting, let alone the impact of the stakes and what have you. Like you mentioned, I think the stakes are they're relatively low, but they're personal, which I enjoyed too. It's that's that is a refreshing yeah. that is a refreshing way to take it. They're about survival as opposed to stopping the world from being blown up or whatever. Like, you know, it's it, right. it, it works better that way. <laughs> any other uh any other thoughts on uh Ant Man and the Wasp? Go see it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Uh definitely go see it. It's I mean see it in theaters. It's great to see with the crowd. Uh <laughs> it's just tons of fun. Yeah. Okay, so Jordan says you should go see it in theaters. Jim, where, where would you say people should see this movie? I, I say see it in the theaters, too. It was a lot of fun. It was good to see with the crowd and with the reactions of the crowd. Um, and it was good to see on the big screen. The action scenes really popped for me. And, uh, like, the really, like the more inventive ways to use the shrinking and growing powers, too, really made bigger impact, I think, on the bigger screens. So, yeah, go see it in the theater. Get the big popcorn. <laughs> well, the refill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abe? I'm on the same page. Yep. Yeah, theater uh, with an audience. I mean, it, it, there was a lot of uh, great shared laughter um, with this movie. And a shared gasp. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I agree. I think it's a solid theater-going movie. It's fun to watch. There's a lot of good comedy in there that just is it's fun to kind of experience with the crowd. Uh, Anna and I saw that she had a lot of fun watching it. I said, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie to, to see for the summer, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask. Did anyone see this in 3D? Yes. No, no. Okay. No, I saw How it in 60. I, I saw... I I think this... The, I think these Ant-Man movies work better than most of the MCU movies. The only ones I really think the 3D experience adds to are these Ant-Man movies and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean... It's it's better than the average one. I I think the first one actually had more fun with the 3D elements than this one kind of does. But uh, no, it's still. I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way and say you got to see this okay. in 3D. Um, in the same way, where I, I think, I, like Doctor Strange is the only one where be like you, like 3D really works for that movie really well. This one, not sure. so much. At home, maybe because these movies tend to work better in 3D if you have a 3D TV at home. But in theaters, it's like, no, nah, you don't need to spend the extra money on that. Okay. So I, I, I could pick out where they're they're doing the stuff in the quantum realm, and I was like, oh, I wonder what this looks like. So I mean, they certainly put the effort in, but I, I mean, there's still movies that are converted they're post converted to 3d so it's never like i'm sure there's an acknowledgement that hey this is going to be in 3d one day but uh, you know it's not like it's <laughs> it's not like it's throwing stuff at the screen to like really emphasize that fact as much as it's just like all right it works as, as well as it needs to in this dimension so, yeah okay yeah all right uh, well that was ant-man and the wasp let's um let's move on now guys let's get out of feedback 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 
This, I like that song. This is where we go with the various <laughs> questions answered on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash podcast, where you gave us various answers to the questions that we asked you, the listener, then you, the listener, gave us questions that we can answer on the podcast. And the first question that we asked everybody, what are your favorite films about characters getting very small? Chris writes, Inner Space. Uh, Wise of Blues, is it senior editor? Founder? Founder. Founder. Brian White writes, The Machinist, which was a clever answer. Um, Theron writes, I'll go with the classic Fantastic Voyage. Justin has Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, May count here as well. Uh, the original movie, that is. I think the new one is called Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's so correct, Willy- yes. Yeah. So, Justin, we know our stuff. Um, Alan has Honey, Other Shrink the Kids, which uh, incredibly exists in our universe. That's that's a that's a, <laughs> a good one. Uh, Jay, from uh, Lambcast, writes, uh, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Philip has the first Ant-Man. And lastly, Dennis has Inner Space as well. You guys have favorite <laughs> movies about getting small? I like I like the Incredible Shrinking Woman by Lily Tomlin. That's kind of uh, like uh, not really uh, widely seen, but it has some nice social commentary from the seventies. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Incredible Shrinking Man and the original black and white, the Richard Matheson, probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any. I know uh, Del Toro's wants to do a Fantastic Voyage remake, which I'd be very interested in. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, he wants to do lots of things, so I never know what's going to yeah. happen. I'm yeah. surprised somebody mentioned downsizing, but, you know. So I'm kidding. I like downsizing. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it either. All right, next question we have is favorite films about characters who want to get very big. Uh, Scott writes, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Uh, Justin writes, Easy One, Big. Uh, Brian White once again responds, uh, Captain America, The First Avenger. Uh, Mike had, he threw the GIF from Adventure Time. Um, GIF. Chris writes, uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. Um, another Christopher writes, A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Hulk and the Avengers. Uh, Philip writes, Captain America, colon, the first Avenger. He wrote out the colon, so he gets, I, I, I like that. He gets, yeah. he gets a thumbs up right there. <laughs> uh, Eric writes, Dude, where's my car? He did not spell out the comma, so I did not pronounce it. Uh, Dennis writes Space Jam Um, Alan Aguilar friend of the show writes Honey I Blew Up the Kid because he likes symmetry (laughs) and uh, Tammy writes Ghostbusters I'm surprised nobody mentioned the Nanny Professor (laughs) Professor. I'm out about that (laughs) when he's having his nightmare sequence obviously not because he's huge (laughs) One of my favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater is The Amazing Colossal Man and uh, War of the Colossal Beast, both uh, both well-riffed and both products of the 50s. All right. What's next? Uh, favorite films about characters who can fly. Uh, Jay has Airplane. Justin has Superman for sure. Not a movie of my favorite was The Greatest American Hero. <laughs> Chris says, well, I know Aaron would say Hook, but I'm going to go with Iron Man. Um, Dennis writes, Superman. Chris has also need to mention Toy Story. They're falling with style. Uh, Philip has Kiki's Delivery Service. Tammy has Iron Man. And Alan has Up in the Air. Hmm. I'm just going to look over things that were said. Um, movies about characters that can fly. Hmm. I'm trying to think of other ones we haven't mentioned already. That are, like, favorites. Hmm. We are big Chronicle fans, Abe. That's true, especially uh, 
like what that like that movie was made of ultra shooting budget so kudos to it i think jim might have been on that podcast that was like 2011 2012 it was like january january february 2012 i think jim was on that episode I, th- I think I was. Yeah. Wow, it all com- it all comes together now. I know. Mm-hmm. Whew, this is scary. All right, let's move on. Next question: Favorite Michael Douglas films? Lots of answers here. Maxwell, friend of the show, has The Game, Wall Street, and Behind the Candelabra. Christopher has Fatal Attraction, Wonder Boys, Behind the Candelabra, or Answer the Stone, War of the Roses, The Star Chamber, and Ant Man. Mike has Ghost in the Darkness, Falling Down, Behind the Candelabra, and Disclosure. Justin has The Game, Falling Down, Wall Street, The American President, Romancing the Stone and Fatal Attraction. Adam writes Wall Street, The Game, Traffic, Solitary Man, and Basic Instinct. Sarah has Falling Down and Romancing the Stone. Chris has Wall Street, Falling Down on The Game. Alan has Alan Aguilera has Traffic. Philip has The Ghost in the Darkness. William has The Game. And Scott has Wonder Boys. So, mm. people like Michael Douglas. People specifically like The Game, Behind the Candelabra, yeah. and Falling Down. <laughs> <laughs> you mean no one, no one mentioned Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. <laughs> or, or, or You, Me, and Dupree, directed by the Russo Brothers, directors of Avengers <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> it all comes together. Uh-huh. Um, can't can't, nobody mentioned Black Rain. I mean, Ridley yeah. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, we, start, we started off at the beginning to mentioning all the Black Rain, but, you know. Right. Um, I will throw Traffic and uh, Wonder Boys out there myself, I, I, among many other performances that are quite good. Yeah. So I'm here in Pittsburgh. Wonder Boys. Oh, nice. There you go. And any others? Uh, any others? The American President. Oh yeah, huh. that is really good. I, uh, I rewatched Falling Down not too long ago. Actually, still, a, it's a good movie. Not bad. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested to see this movie Animal World that he's in. Uh, I saw the. Have you seen the preview for that? The trailer? No, yeah, I haven't. Nice. Oh, you should definitely. I don't want to ruin anything for you. Just check out the trailer. It's a. It's a Hong Kong film, I believe. Oh. Oh, all right. But it is coming. It is coming to America, and uh, Michael Douglas is in it. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. I mean, that sounds interesting. Uh, next question: What are your favorite Michael Pena films? Also, what superhero should he be? Justin writes, he would be cool. Uh, he would be a cool enigma, or even Hulk would be neat. I like him in Ant Man, though. Uh, Jay has The Martian. He should be Batman. Adam has End of Watch, Fury, and Shooter. Uh, Scott has uh, End of Watch. And Scientology Man. Uh, Alan has uh, End of Watch, and he should be the new Ghost Rider. And lastly, Philip has End of Watch. So, a lot of End of Watch love. Which is right. I, it's, it's a good movie, and he's really good at it. It's just he's the, really good at it's it. Like yeah, the, it's one of his most depressing movies, so it's like hard to yeah. be on. It's also one of David Ayer's is like most like complete movies. It's his best movie by far. He's like... <laughs> you know, Michael Pena is one of those actors. Like, when he first started out, I think I saw him first in Crash. Crash, yeah. And then, uh, like, World Trade Center he was in. And he was, mm-hmm. he's great in these movies and, like, Babel. But he was known as sort of the serious actor. And then Observe and Report came out. And he <laughs> is dynamite in that movie. He is the mm. best part of that movie. Yeah. And it's the first time I saw him, I thought, oh, my gosh. He can really do comedy perfectly. Like, yeah. he runs circles around everyone in that movie. And... It's sort of like John C. Riley. John C. Riley sort of started out as a dramatic actor and then sort of evolved into a, a staple of comedy. And so is Michael Pena. Um, but Observe and Report it will always be one of my favorite. <laughs> okay. 
right. It was good in the he's good in American Hustle too. I mean, he is. I yeah. don't I don't think he's ever bad in things. Like there's bad yeah. movies he's in, but he's certainly he's, yeah. he's generally a highlight <laughs> in movies. Oh, uh, he's always great. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what my favorite Michael Pena movie would be. Observer Report's a good call. And End of Watch is a really good movie, and he's really good yeah. at it too. Uh-oh. He's in our, Abe, he's in the first movie we ever did. I know. He's in a Battle of LA. That's right. <laughs> Along with Neo and <laughs> Is he in Battle LA? Yes, he yeah. is. Yep. Yeah, he oh is. my gosh. He's in a lot of those, like uh-huh. a bunch of dudes like going into the war. Yeah. Like he's in he's in Fury with Dave, David Ayer, but he's in Fury. Yeah. He was in Twelve Strong this past year. Like he, he fought, oh, I think I think he might have been your favorite part in a Wrinkle in Time. I'm not sure. He, yeah, he was a highlight in a Wrinkle in Time. He's creepy in a Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, yeah he, he was. He's wearing a jacket at the beach, which makes no sense. It's too high. All right, let's move on. Let's get to our next question, which is favorite movie villains. Favorite, sorry, favorite female movie villains. Uh, Adam writes Kathy Bates in Misery, Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, and Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest. J- Justin has Sigourney Weaver in Holes. And the Wicked Witch in Wizard of, Wizard of Oz. That's not what I saw coming. Got to say that right there. It's a Gordy Weaver in Holes. But there it is. Uh, That's a great shout out, though. It is. It's just so... <laughs> fav- favorite. I love that movie. I love that book. And Sigourney Weaver is really mean in that movie. <laughs> Alan has uh, Meryl Streep in The Devil, Devil Wars Prada. Hela from Thor Ragnarok and Catwoman. Specifically Batman Returns. Uh, Chris has Nurt Ratchet in The Alien Queen. And Philip has Kim Novak in Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Good one. One that came to mind right away out. when I when I thought of this was um, L Driver in uh, Kill Bill Volume Two. Daryl Hannah, who's just like, oh, okay, she's just busy. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's she's an evil one there. I'd, uh, I'd roll with uh, Angela Lansbury in the original Manchurian Candidate. Good pick. Ooh. Good pick. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a deep cut, but I'll go with it. No, we love you, kept here. She got nominated for an Oscar too. She's in it for like not long. I can't no, but she's. But she's great in it. Yeah. It's cre- another creepy role. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cassie Bates in Misery. Yep. Um, yep. She loves, uh, she loves uh, the James Conn. So, uh, all right. Uh, now we move to questions that the audience asked us. The audience asked everyone here on the panel today. Alan was the only one that wrote something. He wrote something very specific to him. When will Alan be at another Out Now commentary? That is a great question. Well, uh. We'll see. We'll see when that happens. Maybe uh, maybe just right around the corner. We never know. But yeah, there, there's your answer. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's get to uh, Abe. What uh, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, I think it's time for a uh, super quick game here. Little known fact, that's actually the, the sound that plays when you get a, a, a ankle bracelet taken off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Abe, you got a game for us? I do have a game for you guys. It is called Maybe You Just Need Someone Watching Your Back, Like a Partner. In this game, I'm going to be naming a movie, and I'd like for you to buzz in with your name and tell me who the partners are in said movie. So both, Pretty simple, so pretty both, straightforward. So both partners? Yes. As in the character or the actors? Characters. Characters. So for instance, this first one here, Tango and Cash. Aaron? Aaron? Tango and Cash? That is correct! Okay. <laughs> and that's how you play this game. So here we go. Men in Black. Aaron. Aaron. J and Agent J and Agent K. Thank you for using the agents part. Sometimes these will require first and last names, but that one's that one's good. There you go. Yeah, they do call him Mr. Next J. One here. 
<laughs> they call me Mr. J. Um, <laughs> next one here. Hot Fuzz. Aaron. Aaron? Sergeant Butterman and Sergeant Nicholas Angel. Danny Dan, Danny Butterman. Danny Butterman, yes. Yeah, you're right. But I don't know if he got title of sergeant. I saw, like, PK or something like that. So, But yes, yeah, Nicholas police, Angel. Police and... constable. Police constable Nicholas go. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Next one here. Dragnet. Buzz. Uh, uh, Jim. Oh, God. It's Sergeant Joe Friday and Frank uh, Detective Frank Gannon. Frank Gannon? Oh, I'm so close. That sounded that was a Tom, ah. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what's who's what's his name? Anybody? Five, four, three. Gannon? Two <laughs> what? Strebeck. Oh, Friday oh, from the movie. I was thinking about the TV show. I'm sorry. I was thinking about oh, the yes. My yeah, dad. These are all movies. My right? dad. My dad. My no dad. no worries. You might be you might be able to redeem yourself on this next one, so get on your buzzer. Seven. Um, um, Aaron. Aaron. I don't know first names. I know Detective Somerset and Detective Mills. That is correct. Okay. I don't. I don't they weren't given first names on IMDb. They're just Somerset and Mills. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, next one here. The nice guys. Uh. <laughs> I haven't seen yeah. it enough to know the names offhand for a game. It's a tough one. No, uh, this is just to change things up here. I know one is Healy. I don't know the other one. Oh, yeah, Ooh. okay. Yeah. Ooh, Jordan, that's a good one. Healy. I love that movie. I, I don't know Gosling's character's name. Okay, oh. I'm going to give you guys a clue here. It is the name of a month in the calendar. <laughs> well, it's probably not January. <laughs> March. February. It is March. Wait, it is it is March, isn't it? Come on, Jordan Buzzin! Aaron. Jordan March. Ah, Aaron. Healy and March. Healy and March is correct. <laughs> Jordan, you got to buzz in. Uh, uh, next one here. <laughs> the Rock. Ah. Okay. Jeez. Uh, um, Gotta give Abe some credit here. He's been making some good games in his weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It is Godspeed. Uh, yeah. Scream answers out like for, for Kate. Yeah, stop, for Kate stop, screaming, stop screaming answers at him. You want to answer, buzz in. Give us. I don't know yeah, his name. yeah, but you give us if, hints. But <laughs> you get the chance. All you get the time to yourself to think about it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know the dude from West Wing's name that Sean Connery doesn't like. Womack. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Good old John Spencer. John Spencer, yeah, that's yeah. All, all you need is the last name. You got you got Stanley Goodspeed and Aaron. Aaron. Stanley Goodspeed and John Mason. That is correct. <laughs> Good job. Aaron's running away here with this game here, by the way, guys. Come on. Uh, next one here. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Aaron. Aaron. John McClane and Zeus Carver. That is correct. <laughs> Zeus Carver? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zeus, oh, wow. as in Father Apollo, don't fuck with me or I'll shove a lightning bolt up your ass. Zeus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next one here. Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. Oh, they don't change? It's <laughs> 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 um, uh, jo- uh, Jordan, me and Carter. Who? 
Uh, isn't it uh, Leon Carter? Yeah, yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yes, right. Inspector Lee and Detective Carter. I remember, Jordan, Car- I remember Carter. Before. I remember Carter because Jackie Chan's always like Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next one here, Bad Boys. Aaron. Aaron. Detective Marcus Burnett and Detective Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. <laughs> that is correct. I like, but what I like about that one is like you can remember trailer voice for that one before Adon LaFontaine died. The trailer for that one—that's when in the '90s when they f- revealed like full names in the trailers, as if like you cared more because it's like for detectives Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry, today's gonna be a bad day in Miami. It's like, <laughs> wait, I got their whole life story. It's like, geez. for detective Did Mike. They also have Joe Pants smoking in the gym in the in the trailer. Oh yeah, of course. No, they have Joe Pants in the trailer. I don't think he's at the, have the scene of him in the gym smoking. smoking. Shooting, shooting free throws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like uh, they give the whole names as if it's like Detective Mike Lowry, who's married with three children and lives in the... It's like, well, okay, we got the whole name. could have been. You don't know. You have to see the movie. <laughs> uh, next one here, 21 Jump Street. The, the movie with... Uh, with oh, those, guy. those guys. Those guys? <laughs> so it's not Johnny Peter. Depp and... Um, uh, Johnny and, uh, Depp and Peter Deloise. Peter Deloise. <laughs> no, not those or guys. what's his name? Um, Richard Grieco. <laughs> Richard Grieco. Okay. Jeez. Um, Anybody? Know. Anybody? Um, one of them Schmidt. That is correct. Aaron. 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 Jonah Hill Schmidt. Aaron. Yeah. Aaron. Schmidt and Jenko. Schmidt and Jenko is correct. See, you guys shout out one, I'll get the other. I'll maybe, figure maybe it out. This is, maybe this is just be a collaborative game. Everyone's going to win. But uh, next I'll one here, the last with. Boy Scout. I don't know if you guys would know this one. Oh, God. Ooh. Is Damon oh, Wayne's, is Damon um, Wayne's like, Willie something? It's not Willie. Um, My close? Billy? It, it's Jimmy. <laughs> um, oh, Jimmy. Okay. Jimmy. It's like an E. Okay. It's uh, Aaron. And it's it's how Hallerback like how like Bruce Willis is Hallerback and Jimmy Diggs. Does anyone want to clean that up? Come on, Jim. Uh, mm, God, I'm hurting. I can't. All I can think of is uh, Bruce Willis and Shane, like Bruce Willis and Shane Black's career. Um, because <laughs> they make jokes mm-hmm. about his name in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Ho- so Holland back. If you, if you put what Aaron said and what what Jordan said, Jim, you're gonna get the answer. Jordan, how I'm back in dicks. That is correct. Jimmy dicks. That's what it is. Dicks. Okay. All right. That was pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next one here. Two more. Miami Vice. Oh, I got this. Uh, Crockett, Buzz, Crockett, and Tubbs. That is correct. Jim is on the board. (laughs) I like the idea that they 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 kept the names obviously because it's a remake, but still, it's like Jamie Foxx's name is Tubbs. I mean, it's got to be, I guess. And Colin Farrell's Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one here, Monsters, Inc. Uh, I got it. Uh, Jim. Sully. Um, Sully and, oh, goodness, it ends in SKI. Joe. Can I jump in? Wait, wait. Go ahead. Time. Jimmy. You got it, No. So, I know it's Sully. I know Sully's the big so one. Close. It's close. Five. Kozlowski. What's what's his first name, Jim? (laughs) Isn't it? Oh, man. I I just watched this with my kids. Jordan with the steel? Go ahead. Take it, Jordan. Mike and uh, Sully. Mike. Mike. Last name? Kozlowski. Aaron. Aaron. (laughs) Uh, James P. Sullivan and Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Oh. (laughs) 
says it 40 times in the movie. Yeah. And then Tom Hanks played him in the live action version. <laughs> you guys are so close on that one. It, it hurt me to have to skip into the next guy. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, Aaron, you obviously ran away with that game, so kudos to you. But Jim and, and Jordan, you guys both got on the board. Yeah. What was your uh, uh, tiebreaker? Uh, there was the no tiebreaker. Target rigs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you didn't have that one. Of all the way, you had the last Boy Scout. You had. I thought people were going to have a hard time with Die Hard with a Vengeance. I'm not even going to lie, but you knocked that one out of the park there. That's one of my favorite movies, Abe. Eh? Die Hard with a Vengeance. Come on. We did a commentary for Die Hard with a Vengeance. I, I know we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sam Jackson uh, role. Like that. <laughs> I can't tell you his name. It stakes on a plane right now, but if I did, it'd be impressive. So there. <laughs> uh, detective something. Yeah, detective something. Detective Snakes. Detective Snakes. He's on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like uh, how The Rock is starring as a James P. Skyscraper in Skyscraper. <laughs> is that his name? <laughs> no, it's not his name. <laughs> it's uh, Neville Flynn. Neville that's, Flynn, that's yeah. I just, looked, I just looked it up, too. It's Neville, Neville Flynn. Neville Flynn, yeah. yeah. A name I would not have guessed. Yeah, it's one of Kenan Thompson's few movies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. He gets bitten in the uh, the penis. No, he doesn't. No, he, <laughs> he does not. He lands, the, the, he lands the plane, Abe. What are you talking about? He survives. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 yeah, but doesn't... No, right, right. no Keenan <laughs> lives... It's, it's a fun movie. Keenan is snake-free in that movie, I guarantee you. <laughs> anyway, good game, Abe. Yeah, you're welcome, thanks. Yeah, that was good. Let's move on. Let's uh, start wrapping things up. Let's get to that now, which is out now. These are, these are movies that are coming out of Blu-ray or DVD this week. We have a few things here. First up, A Quiet Place. As, I can never see myself watching that movie ever again. Why? Okay. I mean, it's like you see it once, and it was good, but never in my life and I, am I ever going to think, hey, I want to watch A Quiet Place. I feel like it's good for one viewing. I like, I get it. I As Abe and I are like the two guys that are the most like in the middle of that movie for some reason, um, <laughs> I, I look forward to actually watching it again to be like, maybe I saw something I didn't. Uh, but you know, I know what you mean as far as it's, even though they're making a sequel, it's pretty conclusive as far as what happens. Uh, but I don't know. There's lots of movies I wouldn't think I'd watch again necessarily. And I'm like, oh yeah, it actually worked pretty well on multiple viewings. Who knows? Uh, next up, uh, Chappaquiddick. This is with, uh, what's his, what's his face? Um, Jason, Jason, Jason Clark. Clark. Yeah. This kept like this stayed in the theaters for a while. People like this movie. I, I, yeah, it's, I a lot, it's a lot of it's a lot of people in this movie that you know. Yeah, Ed Helms in a serious Ed role. Helms, right. Yeah. yeah. This is about the um, was it bot? Is it bot? Senator no. Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. Uh, Ted Kennedy. Uh, next is a uh, lead on Pete, which I've heard nothing but great things about. I really want to yeah, see this same. movie. Yeah, same. I haven't seen it yet. Um, uh, after that is um, Future World. I think this is the James Franco, not not Future World to be confused with the Westworld sequel, but the James Franco oh, movie that no, came I was out. Say, Peter Fonda movie? What? No, yeah, Future. <laughs> this is this was with James Franco. It came out like earlier this year. It's probably terrible, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, let's see. On Criterion this week, not terrible. Bull Durham and Dragon Inn. Uh, sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, but as a fan, as a person that's not a fan of Kevin Costner, I give Bull Durham a seal of approval because that's a good movie. Sort but of. is it Criterion worthy? Though it was a bit of a surprise when I saw that come up there, but I, it is a good movie. Like it's a, it's, prob- it's, it's it's a fine. Movie. It's probably Ron Shelton's best movie. 
Although white men can't jump, is white men can't jump. I mean, if they if they announce to the bone, if they, uh, shut up, if, if they if they announce white man can't jump on Criterion, now you have my attention. Let me tell you. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, I'd rather white men can't jump over Bill Durham. I I would agree, but I can I can see this is a different discussion too. I can see the yeah. I can see the reasoning. You, you tend to get like the first movies for certain directors on these things. It's like, but whatever. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the Magician season three. I hear that's a good show. I don't watch it, but it's on you know, season three. That's not the Noah Wiley show, right? No, that's the Librarians. I think we had this confusion uh, the last time we talked yeah, about the Magicians. Noah Wiley is on Librarians. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have this discussion all the time. Yeah, no, this one's on Swifly, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, Mosaic. This is the Steven Soderbergh um, experimental TV show that was on HBO. I was a big fan of this. I talked about this when it was uh, when it was when I watched it when it first aired. Um, but it, it's really interesting. I thought it was really well done. It's Steven Soderbergh, for one thing, so I'm automatically interested, but I think it's really solid, so it's worth checking out. Um, let's see, Billy Bud, which I believe is on Warner Archive this week. This is an old Peter Ustinov film, which he both starred and directed. Or, so, you know, <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. I won't point this out. Speaking of interesting, the last one here is called 211. It stars Nicolas Cage, and I was so intrigued by the logline that I wrote it down so I could read it on here. It says, Bank Heist Movie in the Vein of End of Watch Meets Black Hawk Down. <laughs> What? What? Neither <laughs> one of those yeah, are high movies. Super <laughs> dark and, and terrible and terrifying. So it's it's Nic- terrible, Nicolas terrifying. Cage stars in a bank heist movie as if it was made in the vein of End of Watch meets Black Hawk Down. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, sure, I guess. Can't wait to see like four helicopters go down. It's just made in the vein, Abe. So I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly in that same way. Right. It's only one helicopter, or is it two helicopters? It's two helicopters. <laughs> Next up, that's what now. That's what's on now. Moving on, let's go to extremely cool. There's things that are now streaming on Netflix that we can make note of or Prime for that matter. Uh, first up is what Abe you mentioned earlier: comedians and cars getting coffee. The latest uh, latest brew is now on Netflix, and um, I also noticed Scream Four is now on Netflix. <laughs> the best Scream. The worst Scream. <laughs> ah, scream gonna, scream Three is the worst week, Scream. And I will get back to you next week about whether I still find it fun. I would watch it, but I, that's just two hours I don't want to spend. So there. <laughs> I'd watch the I first one. This, oh, I enjoyed the second season of Glow that just came on Netflix. Yeah, 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 oh, we, yeah we mentioned that right, last Glow. week. But yes, uh, the second season of Glow is all currently on Netflix and on Prime. I don't know why I wrote this down because I generally recommend things that I like. But Snowden, that's on Prime. That's all, the Oliver Stone movie about. Why did you about write it down? Uh, just because there was nothing to put for because oh, okay, nothing, right. nothing new debuted on Prime. Actually, no, not true. Because I got a like a, a notification from my Prime yesterday. The two um, Adam West, Burt Ward, Batman animated movies are now on Prime, which I have not seen. I'm oh. totally gonna watch because I have not seen them and I really wanted to see them. And they're on Prime streaming now, so great for me and yeah, everyone else that wants to huh. enjoy those. Because <laughs> I hear they're supposed to be great, Jim. I'm sure, I'm sure you watch them. They're fun. They are a lot of fun if you like the Batman '66 flavor. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would. I would skip Batman and Harley Quinn though, which also recently hit Prime. That was not that great. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I noticed that it had. Re- I, I remember it, it got really bad reviews. I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to watch that. So I. I, know that but, I mean, yeah. The uh, Batman versus Two Face one has William Shatner as Two Face. Yeah, and that in was addition, a- in addition to you know, Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember they. They did the um, the Two Face because Two Face was never on the original '60s series, and they, that was like one of that was planned before that show got like canceled, essentially. So I was like, cool, they, right. finally, they finally got Two Face onto this show in its own way. That was neat. I think Harlan Ellison actually wrote a screenplay for Two Face for that show that was never used. So yeah, I think that's in my my giant deluxe Batman '60s Blu-ray set. I think it has that as like trivia in there or something. But it's like, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, that's extremely cool. Next week's show. Next week, we're talking Skyscraper, a.k.a. he's got a fake leg. <laughs> I was going to say, that should be the hashtag that we, that we use. <laughs> he's got a fake leg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can dig up that text, and I'm just going to screenshot it and then fix it up and put it on our Facebook page. It's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about Skyscraper. He has a fake leg. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> but no, it's a new rock movie. It looks fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it as well. I think that there's going to be... Uh, I, I'm looking forward to hoping that it's ridiculously fun. I mean, he's married to Nev Campbell. What a what a bizarre pairing. Who knew? She saved his life. <laughs> She's the doctor that saved his life. Who That's knew? where they fell in love. Yeah. Uh, so, what's right. weirder about that movie? The fact that he, in the film, he's married to Nev Campbell, or that it was written and directed by the We're the Millers guy. And Dodgeball. And dodgeball. I, and, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice until recently that it was written and directed. Like directed's one thing because they work together on Central Intelligence. Okay, I get that. But he yeah. he wrote it as if like, guys, I know you know me from Dodgeball and We Are the Millers, but I have an idea that I want to make a diehard ripoff. It's, it's, it's one that I've been working on for a while. It's a passion project. I want to make a movie about the tallest skyscraper in the world. Wait, we already had the. Bear with me. But <laughs> the Rock is in but it. But the Rock is married to Nev Campbell. Then they're like, "Here's two mil- two hundred million dollars." You keep stressing so, this, like, why? I, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure where that. I'm not sure why that's the weird thing. Like, which who should the Rock marry? Someone that looks just like the Rock. <laughs> Being married to Nev Campbell. Yeah, cool. We haven't seen Nev Campbell in forever. That's uh, she and she I feel like the first movie trying to escape the, forever, the, the, the she's married to the Rock. Killer. The Ghostface Killer, exactly. That's, that's Ghostface Killer. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, she's she's in Witness Protection. She was in House exactly. of Cards. Yeah. For like two that. seasons, I think. Something like that. See, that's a pairing to talk like, about in your when it, when it When it turns out that Nev Campbell is fine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to report back and just rub it in Jordan's face. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jordan, she's fine in the movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she's great because she's Nev Campbell. It just seems like a, an odd pairing. Love is love, man. Hashtag. <laughs> All right. Last thing we do here. What should people go and see now and what do you plan to see next? Jordan, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, right now, they should see uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. What are you seeing next? <laughs> Skyscraper, of course. <laughs> Jim, how about you? What should people see in theaters right now? I'd see Ant-Man and the Wasp, and uh, the next movie I'm going to go see is Sorry to Bother You. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm, my movie pass runs out in about a week, and uh, so I'm going to make all, you know, do the best I can with what I have left. So, but yeah, sorry to bother you. It looks really great. I can't wait to check it out. Hey, I may uh, recommend Ant-Man and the Wasp. I tried to watch Sorry to Bother You. It was sold out, so I couldn't watch it. So I'm hoping to catch that and also uh, Skyscraper. I thought you were going to have a Bay Area weekend with us, eh? Because we had Ant-Man and we had Sorry to Bother You, which is set in San Francisco and Oakland. And, it, it w- <laughs> and I'm also still trying to catch uh, the other one with David Diggs. Um, Blind spotting? Yes, yeah, because yeah. he's filming that in Oakland. Yeah, that's not out yet, though. You got some time. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ant-Man is a lot of fun. Sorry to bother you. is really good. And Leave No Trace, if you can find it. I think it's also really worthwhile. And uh, yeah, next I'm seeing... I got a banner week this week. See, Sky, I'm seeing Skyscraper, 8th Grade, and Mission Impossible. So, uh, got some, what? Got some things lined up. Wow. <laughs> what? Hashtag humblebrag. Get out of here. <laughs> hey, Bo Burnham, guys. What, what can I tell you? Are you also watching Hotel Transylvania just like in your spare time? I uh, I missed my Hotel Transylvania screening. I put quotation marks. Oh, <laughs> my, my children! My children love that franchise. They are generally scared of those monsters, but they oh. love those movies. So 
Um, they're they're excited for that and for Teen Titans Go to the Movies. So I've nice. seen both of those on the big. I'm screen. not gonna lie, they showed a trailer in front of this Ant Man, like a new trailer for Hunter Transylvania Three. The animation looks very good. Well, it's Jenny Tarkovsky. Uh, I'm not surprised by the animation looking good. I mean, he, he, and yeah. the story looks kind of interesting too. Where they're gonna go with it? So uh, I'm kind of I've never seen any of them, but this one makes me curious to watch this one specifically. I never saw the second one, so I just feel I'd be lost. <laughs> yeah, it's such an entirely did continuity, though. Yeah, the, the Hotel Transylvania annuity. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over on Wise of Blue as well as on We Live Entertainment. I'm also covering the show Preacher on WeLiveEntertainment.com right now. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? I'm on Instagram, AbeMua.jpg, Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag Aaron texted me during Super Bowl weekend. He's got a fake leg, exclamation mark. And uh, Sub640, the podcast, talking sports and uh, pop culture stuff. Jordan Grout. You can go to Twitter at Amsterdam Chap. You can go to Instagram at Sir Grout the First. Uh, uh, I haven't written for Vice to Blue in quite a few months. I'm trying to change that. You'll be doing some Comic-Con coverage, won't you? I'm not going. Oh, I didn't know this. What? Yeah. But I'll have stuff up nonetheless. All right. Uh, Jim Dietz, where can people find more of your work online? You can follow me on Twitter at Yoda Jones. You can go to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com, listen to Nothing's On. You can go to HHWLOD.com and listen to The Great Council. We're doing a retrospective of Babylon 5. And you can read my blog, Old Man Gamer, and check out our podcast, The Great Old Ones and uh, Crown of Queens, if you're into the D&D scene, at uh, OldMagicGaming.com. Great. Uh, Jordan, Jim, thank you both for uh, joining us this evening. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. For sure. Having me. Yeah. Good to have you guys on, of course. A lot of fun we had this week. And that's going to do it. So until next time we find out just how far the rock can get on one foot, that's going to do it. So until then, so long. (laughs) And goodbye. You're about to be possessed by the sounds of MC Rawface and DJ
they oh i'm sure it. yeah i'm sure there's a streaming documentary on netflix that like has like all the pezes he like lives next yeah. to the guy that owns like all the pop toys and they're just like hey guy what's up nothing much just got a new pez like oh yeah i just got a new pop toy and they high five and go back inside their houses why would they have five each other? I feel like they'd be recluses. Well, their houses are neighboring and they're very close. Literally right next to each other. Yeah, the door. Yeah, it's one of the. It's it's one of those like. <laughs> it's one of those Mick neighborhoods where like all the houses are exactly the same and they're like very close units <laughs> it'd together. It'd be funnier if they just see each other through the kitchen window and they just wave at each other from time to time. Well, their wives may both make different kinds of pies and so they trade pies every now and they're then. They're married too. Yes, of course. <laughs> Is this a screenplay or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Why the do they have a better social life than I do. How does this purge work? Where, like, if you like a neighbor and like you like robbed your neighbor, and then like the next day is like, oh, you robbed me last night when it was legal. Guess I gotta wait for you next year. <laughs> like, how does this work? I don't, I don't know how this. Yeah. Or like, wait, are you talking about the guy who collects pops and also Pez? They rob each other. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a further wrinkle in the plot line. They're oh, they're wow. the they're in the purge. Really they're they're in the purge universe. That's that's the other thing about concept. this. Yeah. 